0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Slim Society show. It's your personal and professional nutritionist once again, and as always, Connor Rhodes from Slim Society, and it is lovely to be coming at you live once again. We are in video format on YouTube, where currently we get absolutely no views. (laughs) But we are also coming at you in audio format on which most people who are hearing us say this will be listening as we get listeners on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Casts, and some other random places that you can find podcasts on the internet. And welcome back to, once again, another News of the Week show. News topics of the day, and these, by the way, I'll interrupt myself, are real news articles every single week that we find from across the world and then come at you with our professional opinions and advice, keeping you up to date with the real deal, not just what the media says. The news topics of the week are, Diet and exercise mistakes women over 40 often make. It actually doesn't take very long to see muscle gains from strength training. Signs your hormones are making you gain belly fat. This is actually a a big news article and I did actually want to talk about this because the next article I've also got is also about hormones. It's a BBC news article which was very, very popular this week. Basically every single fitness professional that I know has commented something on this article. And it's actually about one of my old clients. <laughs> it's actually about, it's actually an article in the BBC News uh, where one of my old clients was interviewed about her life essentially. And it's about genes and genetics to do with obesity. Um, and it's called Living with Obesity, the people who are hardwired to store fat. We also have Move of the Week, How to Boost Your Bum, and Biggest Fitness Trends of 2021. And we'll also be coming at you with a debate section or a What's Better, B E H apostrophe R, What's Better section of the week. But first, before we get to any of that, let me introduce once again on News of the Week the one, the only, the unique, the powerful, the golden, Maned head man himself, the lion in the jungle. He puts the out into outback. It's William Bartholomew Hugh oh, intro. I, I, no man can live up to these
1: things. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, William, sir. Feral boy in the jungle, I've got that. but. I, The rest, bro. I don't know if I can live up. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Connor, how are you? That was a big up, wasn't it? That was a big up. I'll take it. That was a big up. Humbly, I shall take it. You used to
0: have dreadlocks when we first met. Oh, we're back
1: there. All right, cool. Yeah.
0: Didn't you? Yes, I did. And you were quite feral. (laughs) Yeah, you you found me on the streets, it's true. But now you... Well, I found you in the gym, but you came
1: from the streets. Crawling. You came from the woods. From the sewers. Upwards.
0: (laughs) I know we've spoken about this before, but how old were you when you first came to... I, Only do work experience at first. You weren't even allowed to work. For a
1: bloody year.
0: Uh, 16. 16. Yeah. Yeah. And now you've grown up into a beautiful uh, boy. Ah, uh, big boy. Yeah. And an excellent personal trainer. How <laughs> proud of so. you. Oh, thank you, i How proud of you. Thank um, you, Sensei. I, I mentioned to, when I was in the gym this morning and I saw you, I was training with Daniel Kavanagh, who I've done two podcasts with. Good bloke. Um, excellent bloke. bloke. And I said to him that you are one of the best personal trainers in the world. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. He looked at me with a look like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, he was like he was, surpri- like he was surprised to hear this, but... He doesn't obviously ever ever see you or pay attention to you really personal training no, anybody. No. You only come over to me and him just in between clients or after you done just make a few jokes when I'm a prat, yeah. Just piss take. It's just <laughs> yeah. us. We just we make a few jokes about each other, poke some fun, yeah. Don't we say a couple of stupid things? We riff, yeah, and then <laughs> just go. So he's not he's not actually seen. I don't know, the real deal. <laughs> the getting down to business. That's such a nice thing to say. Yeah, the getting down to the bee's knees. It was is... just his face made me laugh. He was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, can you remember that? It's like what, had no What idea. was that when
1: some bloke once came to you in the gym, you told me this story, and asked you about, like, hypertrophy training, and, like, generally getting strong and big and whatnot. And whilst you're excellent at that, you do lean towards nutrition. And you said, to be honest... Will's more interested, go talk to Will about this kind of stuff. And you just went, and went, yeah, but Will's just not big, is he? And that was like, his <laughs> reason, that was it. What, and I am big, so that person must have, what? At the time, you at least dwarfed me, yeah. I've okay. been through puberty well, in the last five years while you've just had the beard for all of it.
0: <laughs> I am at least seven years older than you. I ain't doing that much. Something around that. And Someone else will I don't know, so I, and I've probably been, how long have you actually been training? yourself six or seven years well it's blurred you know, like lines exercising i'd say not that you weren't always fit and healthy etc seven seven years yeah. yeah yeah um i've probably been training like 11 we, years yeah, or something. But, but it should be said with various
1: different goals in that those seven years and that's why it's blurred lines whereas i know you sort of started training and then bodybuilder style training was just that's it it had been it hasn't it yeah you never really tickled weightlifting or powerlifting or gymnastics or... Olympic weightlifting. But yeah. No,
0: I tried it a little bit in university. Oh, that's uh, exciting. I joined the Olympic weightlifting club. Never in stuck. university. Um, sorry, say again? Never stuck. You don't like it? I did it for about six months, but I just couldn't really do it. I could do a good snatch. Um which a description for ladies and gentlemen just listening is, I don't know, the bar's on the floor and you have really wide hands and <laughs> you, you kind of pick the bar up off the floor really fast and then go Whoop, and flip it above your head. And then land end, end up stood up with it. I could do a good technique snatch, not much weight. Mm-hmm. not much. I'm, up, I'm not saying heavy, but my technique, I've been practicing it for at least a few months. My technique was okay. Um, the other ones, though, not really. I could never do clean and jerk because that's where you pick up the, the bar off the floor and then instead of it going straight above your head you flip it and it kind of lands on your
1: throat it's really nice
0: yeah kind of across the your sorry i just hit the microphone across the top of your chest with your arms like folded underneath it sort of thing my wrists just for for whatever reason don't go that far and the olympic weightlifting coach even got the bar and tried to just like hang it on there to like bend my wrists into place and it was just hurting and giving me like Wrist pain in day to day life, so.
1: There'll be a flexibility thing, but it's a lot of it's down to the mechanics of like the ratio between your forearm length and your like humerus length. And if you've, which I'd argue, if you had, uh, if, if we were leaning into like, um, what they're called, somatotypes and whatnot, you have longer limbs compared to your torso and whatnot. You're more kind of that kind of build, that slash mesomorph kind of, if, if we were doing that, which would indicate maybe slightly longer in the arms and whatnot, more like myself no and whatnot as well. Yeah, Which I could, no could just mean, yeah, it's some not people my bend well like that.
0: It, Because I can do the bind like that, if if that's what it's called, where you link your arms behind Yeah, and that, that's it's what not I mean. i like, you know you're pretty so flexible. So I can fold my arm in. Yeah. It just yeah. doesn't... Do that <laughs> but again. Go that I think far. it might be because
1: because of, at of length of your forearm because it's quite long, you know.
0: Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. So I tr- so I just couldn't get on with it. I could do the snatch because that has nothing to do with wrist flexibility. I was I could practice that. It's good for that stuff, isn't it? But the I thought it was okay at the time. I was just trying to get stronger in general, and mm. I thought, what do the strong people do? Olympic weightlifting and stuff like that. and I thought, I'll develop some power. Why not? I'll give it a try. I was at Sheffield Hallam University. They had a, club, a good place to start. So I thought, Psh, all right, I'll give it a try. But it was just giving me wrist pain. I couldn't really get on with it. <laughs> Um just didn't work for me for whatever reason. Not
1: not what you're after. You didn't enjoy though you enjoy it though, don't you? I do. I don't particularly do it anymore. I enjoy coaching it quite a lot. Yeah. Good fun to coach, yeah. yeah. Genuinely. It's just quite
0: technical. Yeah, There's I just, I just to
1: get to be a nitpicky little bastard, which you know I
0: love.
1: <laughs> 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 well actually that was an inch off, so if you could just <laughs> it's
0: great fun. Even an inch is a lot in Olympic weightlifting. Well can not be an sometimes inch off, but that's in the milliseconds. Thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. With things. I enjoy the precision, the precision behind it. It's good fun. Yeah. Mm. How have you been for the last week? Quite well, thank you. Business as well. Um, not much outside of business but business as well. Yeah, just yeah. working a
0: lot. Lots of yeah, cool
1: training. As well, I'm, I managed to hilariously sprain my ankle last week. So it's been a. I'm going to try and squat after we've done our podcast today. I'm going to go back to the gym and train and see how that goes. If I can. Learn how did you, to... you sprain
0: your ankle? Dare I ask?
1: Uh, I was at a trampoline park
0: and I just rolled it. I've sprained my ankle on a trampoline. Before. Yeah, it's no bueno for me on a trampoline. For you, um, I've, I've at least rolled my ankle two or three times yeah, on trampolines yeah. when we were kids. When we used to, or younger, my, we used to obviously live with my mum. We had a trampoline in the back garden. I hurt my ankle on that once, <laughs> and then I've been to those trampoline park things, yep. where it's loads of trampolines like joined together, and there's trampolines on the walls. Yeah, that's where I was. Um, and that will do it. Yeah, because as I landed, you have, you have to have really strong, quite stable ankles or good technique, and I probably didn't have either <laughs> at the time. When you land on the trampoline, it kind of goes down at a forty-five degree angle, but yeah, you land right. in the middle, and then it can like roll your ankles, snap your shit up,
1: and if you're prone to them snapping, <laughs> then that's that. Which uh, I used yeah. to be, but yeah, it's got exactly. it's gotten a lot better now. Yeah, yours has gone better
0: with running and stuff, haven't they? Yeah, running. Um, I believe general I believe training. split squats. Yeah like that balancing on that front foot with weight just putting weight specifically over that joint Gen- genuinely I, I
1: actually agree because I would say squats for me have done the same but um, and that's it obviously a bilateral thing so a unilateral is going to do it even more I'd argue
0: yeah walking lunges as well yeah. I've done quite a lot of those um, a lot of flexibility training I've done as well and now sometimes um, I remember not that recently but I was running in the woods and my ankle sort of must have tried to go placed yeah and like went sideways for a second but came back and uh, did a few more steps and i was like yeah <laughs> no injury Confidence is no good ankle yeah <laughs> very good doing as it's told yeah they didn't used to be strong but just exercise um probably nutrition and stuff like this as well i eat healthy i also flip in supplement calcium and vitamin d and okay, nerd yeah like a nutritional nerd it's <laughs> yeah actually like actually what i do i should be doing uh, probably, maybe probably, yeah, yeah. You don't have to. I mean, you don't not nobody good. has to take vitamins no, and supplements. But do you take vitamin D?
1: I do. Good. I was going to say
0: because I'm gonna... not. Yeah. I was going to just slap me. No, probably no, no. Just call me out. Probably just maybe maybe talk maybe talk down to you a little bit. Give me a yeah. No. Look at you disapprovingly. Mm, it's my yeah. least Send favorite. Send you text way. about it later when we're off the podcast. When I get you from, that from you, yeah. that's my it. Send a link to you out on Amazon. Just buy this and get it done. I haven't upset Sensei No. Um, I take all kinds of multivitamins and stuff there. Sometimes I take two different multivitamins per day, just because, pills. just because you can never tell if they're working. So I get two different brands and take both of them, just in case one's a, a dud for <laughs> for whatever reason. Just in case I'm covering my bases. Someone's okay. placeboing you with vitamins? Yeah, I don't trust <laughs> I don't trust companies necessarily. Um, vitamin D supplemented, extra calcium, uh, magnesium, and zinc and zinc I've got. One gram of vitamin C per day um, in a tablet, I also take that. Two fish oils equaling around 500 EPA and DHA per day. I eat fish at high, right. so, high that strength that, so Do you? Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't really like it that much. Yeah. So I do the supplementation. I had salmon and mackerel yesterday, and it was bloody brilliant. I'll tell everyone about it. It's really healthy for you. <laughs> it's good protein. It's excellent for the body. It's got those omega-3s, baby. Had some spring onions with it. Greens go well. Very nice. Good times. Mm. How have you been for the last week? Really good, thank you. Really good. Um, Killing it on top of the world? Feeling good. Treading legs? Mm, Not... Last week, yes. Only once, I think, though, last week. Not my usual twice. Um, I was on holiday Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, just in Manchester with Beth. Oh. It was really nice. What'd you do? Archery. Oh, you told me. (laughs) Yeah. Did you win? Uh, there was no competition. It was only it was my mine and Beth's both first time ever. So no I, way. Yeah, it was big. So fun, right? I've never done it ever in my life, um, but I've always liked the idea of it. You know, good fun. I, I felt prepared because I'd watched Robin Hood the Disney cartoon at least thirty times in my life. So by then, the only I've at least got the gist. Example, it. you need. Yeah, I've at least got the gist yeah. for it. You know, it's a fox. He's got a bow. That's. What else do you need to know, really? I'm a human with um, a bow. I couldn't have cited
1: my examples from other humans. so Let's
0: use an animal. It's better. Honestly, though, I've always loved the idea of archery, even though I've never done it. Like, if it's in films or in games, I always like the archery character. Always, I've always really enjoyed—I don't know—everything about it. For some reason, I find it. That I don't know. I just, I just really, really enjoy it. So I've always felt like it's in my blood. And then when I did it for the first time over the weekend, I was really good. Oh man! Well, really, Confirming as good, our suspicions. as good. I'm being grandiose because as good as you can be on your first day ever. So we're not on some Lego last level yet. But no, but the instructor was looking at me suspiciously like I'd never done it before, which I hadn't, but I had watched some YouTube instructional videos the day before and practiced in my mind. Well, this is it. So I knew what to expect You, you, and what we were going for. You've got athleticism on your side, and
1: which inherently sits as like good proprioception. I've got excellent rear delts. Ah! The, the,
0: the, the idea <laughs> is to straighten um, your front arm. You're damn And right. then you do, you do a hook grip, You're which I right. do anyway, for like pull ups yeah, 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 and stuff. I've been yeah, yeah. training my entire life for this. <laughs> pull it straight back with that power rear delt. As the archer you were born Not to Not a single wobble was seen. Breathe out, keep both eyes open. <laughs> it's a good-looking pose, that, for you. Straight in, yeah, yeah. lean from the side, because you face sideways as well, so you turn. Yeah. So you've got that wide base. When you're down right. King, foot, straight in. That Frank Zane Straight pose, in. that's nice. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the end of it, there was four targets in a row, kind of thing, because there were only four people at this archery, there was another young couple, male yeah. and female, and then there was me and Beth. Yeah. Uh, so we were all in a line, and it went, the other couple I can't remember exactly in what order. I think the female, then the male, then me as the third person, then Beth Mm -hmm. in sort of the line. And at the the end, they put some balloons on the targets and the idea was to try and pop your balloons. The the lady and the other couple went first, missed the balloons. Um, The the, the guy... Imagine. The guy um, went second, missed his balloons. Imagine. I went, popped my balloon the first time, popped the guy's balloon on his target popped Beth's, and then put it back in the bullseye on mine with the fourth arrow. I was like, someone should be filming. I was like, someone should be filming. So news of the week, Connor's the coolest guy ever? Uh, no. I'm just, and and I don't stuff? know, I can aim a bow and arrow for some I can reason. aim a bow and arrow, that's it. No, uh, the so target wasn't Minecraft very far character. as well, I will say this. The target was... A foot in front of you. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was, I, could, I don't know anything about this. No, that's a question man. And good fun, right? Good. Did I you have it. a
1: real, like, shit simple plastic bow? Did you give you a nice like, wooden one or something?
0: it was definitely wooden i don't know oh. anything about bows to know what it was it so was definitely a wooden basic recurve bow oh. which is like one of those where it bends in yeah, like two yeah, directions yeah, yeah. they're real it, pretty and tall yeah quite long easy to pull it was only a 20 pound bow so the, the amount of pressure you've got to pull so that, is 20 pounds so what
1: nine kg so you've been overloading the re-adults nicely then baseballs so, have got you there
0: Oh yeah I, I oh yeah, I do. I do that face pull where I lay on the incline bench and then get two dumbbells and pull it wide, which is exactly ah, the action. Ah. I've been training for this for
1: all my life, and uh, bilaterally as well. Like not even with any of uh, the uh, discrepancies that might throw you off. Did you? Have you seen? I saw not long ago. This is a kind of a segue. Um, to nothing, <laughs> the bow, the, the archers back in the day, like when they needed to be archers, that did it from like when they were four or something, had genuine discrepancies, whereby oh, yeah. one arm was like this much shorter than you the other. You get
0: discrepancies from playing tennis, like who's that? Yeah. Um, who's that tennis guy that's got one massive? Yeah, form? true, 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 true. true. Yeah, and that's that's tennis. You're just like you're swinging at air, basically <laughs> and hitting a ball. So some like and you're screaming real s- loud. Some war boats that must do something. you know, like a, a bow and arrow for war and yeah, ancient one. Yeah, they're they're like a hundred pounds to pull. Yeah, so that's, that's going like, to do what, some weird 45 shit. 45 kg. If you're doing it since you're four years okay. old. 44 kg, 45. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to straight arm and then 45 kg and then poof, let it it's go. <laughs> so yeah, they would have big. Right arms, I guess. That'd be their
1: posing arm for their a left arm If you're left-handed, have you ever done a standing barbell face pull? Yes. Like hinged, obviously. Yeah, so
0: you're you're bent hinged over. Hinged, but kind of you... rounded. Yeah. Um, like you don't need to be.
1: You need to want to be braced at the hips, but you don't need a, neck, a particularly straight spine. Yeah. It's actually quite a nice not to, because any traps don't get as involved.
0: Yeah, I've done that exercise. Um... For a long time, you know, because I copied it off Kai Green when I was first, oh. like, flipping 15 years old. Um, You know, the bodybuilder? Cute, yeah. One yeah. of the biggest bodybuilders in the world. I used One to watch his training videos when I was really young. Yeah. Um And he does a lot of different exercises to hit everything from every angle. Yeah, he loves and a I good Jefferson squat. Le- leaning forward, and then you get the barbell, and then lift it out in front, and then face. But I like it with dumbbells as well. It does feel like a nice detailing exercise, doesn't it? I use it for clients quite a lot oh. w- with their home training, you know, because I have a couple of Zoom clients where I train them at home. Yeah, it is. And they don't, there's not many options to do for face pulls or back exercises like True. at home. It's really nice if most of my online clients have got a, a home suspension trainer, like a TRX nice. hook's that hooks to a door, it? Yeah, then you can do a face pull on that. And I also get them to put bands and tie it onto it, and then they can do rear delt fly with the band and face pull with the band. But another one I give them, if people have only got dumbbells or a bar, then I give them that exercise because I need to. want to, to do some postural correction. Yeah. Don't we? Correct. So we need to work those. How up much of a godsend is
1: it if you train someone at home and they've got a TRX? that like solves so many problems.
0: I I will give my Zoom clients a free personal training session so that rather than pay me, they can spend the money on the TRX. <coughs> Literally, um, if if people say they want to train with me but they can't afford the extra money for it, yeah. I'll give the, I'll give them the personal training sessions they were going to pay for for free so that they get it because the amount of results that they'll get and how much they'll enjoy the training you'll just f- far outweighs yeah. just having a couple of dumbbells at home you'll get yeah. bored of it in like two weeks trx it's hard forever true i've been doing it for 10 you years can make that there's, shit hard yeah. there's loads of exercises i can't do loads, true. loads still very true yeah. loads
1: and there's plenty that you can just incrementally make harder and harder and harder yep. and then still just do it like 20 reps and you'll probably then just start struggling to get more than that <laughs>
0: On a on a face pull on a TRX, if I make the ropes long and then walk my feet oh, all the way no down chance. to the anchor point, five rep max. So my yeah, so my back or head is about that far off the floor. So I'm pretty much laying horizontal, and then face pull. First I can of do all, three
1: heroic effort if you can't even do one of them. I can do
0: about three. So how I, I can use that exercise that's for body the weight five or with ten years? Adults, that's crazy. Yeah, nice. I can do that exercise for another five or ten years. And st- and keep my posture good for be- forever and still be small. With that- <laughs> I mean, and, st- and bill's like no gains. <laughs> <laughs> still no, have maybe, made maybe. no gains. I'm no. right with you on that one, though. Uh, the no gains train that is. I was uh, I was winding Daniel kavanagh up this morning because he's um he's really against steroids for some reason. Really? He- yeah, I think it's because he likes sports. Um, I think he's, he's been- what you mean—the most steroid-influenced things ever. <laughs> That's true, but he's Daniel. He wants it all to be. <laughs> he wants it all to be proper. Uh, so I was joking to him this morning. I was I was going for about five minutes on a, on a fake speech about how I'm thinking about taking some steroids. I think it might be a great idea for me. And he's like, what? You'll never do that. That's against your character. Against and I'm guy. like, no, I'm thinking about it, bro. I'm thinking about it. We come to the gym all the time. I'm bored of making games slow, I'm you know? <laughs> just thinking about pumping up. Oh. He's guys. like, what?
1: This is ridiculous. Don't say this. This is what he's saying, really. <laughs> so we need to start sprinkling some little creatine on his cereal in the morning. I was just winding him up about it. There.
0: Good fun. I was just winding him up. He's he's a type 1 diabetic. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he, in- he has to inject insulin after every meal and stuff like that for the rest of his life. His pancreas doesn't work. I mean, um, and insulin is technically the most anabolic substance that exists. So. Is that why he's bare, veiny and juicy then? I don't know. I think he's just, he's just lean. <laughs> he is very lean. Um, but I think I, it's it's also probably partly his muscles because he does have r- muscly forearms and mm. not massive arms, but nice biceps and triceps. Yeah, for sure. Well um, shit, sure, yeah. Um, and it's probably just genetics with how much the veins. Stick yeah, out no, as well. So it's partly yeah. the muscle, partly the body fat, partly the genetics as well.
1: You it? sorry, I've just have you managed to walk that line for like um, looking a <laughs> pit. For your appearance on the podcast by wearing joggers that look like jeans? Because you were saying just before that you try and make yourself look presentable. Is this your way of, of running the line so you can be comfy? This is as close as it
0: gets. <laughs> nice. No, these, I do wear the jeans they sometimes. Are on the camera. It's, nice. just, it's just literally a coincidence. These were just the clothes that I've been wearing. These are the t-shirt. closest looking joggers I had to jeans. <laughs> um. I went to the gym, that's where I saw you, and then came oh, back. Oh, yeah. I, um, yeah, and I wasn't wearing this t shirt, but I was wearing these joggers, and then I just changed the t shirt. And then here, and we, here are. we are for news of, of the week. week. <laughs> 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 nice excellent um so yeah anyway manchester was good thank you tiring you know i did a lot of steps we were walking around the city a lot we walked all the way down the canal which turned out to take hours <laughs> it, it was a lot further than it looked on google maps turned <laughs> out i am not zoomed in like, oh let's walk down the canal oh will you oh will you <laughs> travels That's long and canals a bro <laughs> um Got on the tram loads as well to different places and not a single ticket collector ever came to ask for any money on any of the trams ever. That's meant... I was like, all right, this 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 city just doesn't want money. You won Manchester. Sometimes there was a... At the tram stops, a little thing to buy a ticket outside and we did, but no one came to check. Sometimes we... asked for forgiveness. We either just permission. jumped on the, tram when, the tram. It, tram when it arrived or were expecting some... Yeah. There wasn't one, so we were expecting some... No one ever came. Anyway, um, stayed at a nice hotel in the Keys section um i ate way too much restaurant food i I was gonna say what did you eat oh i felt sick what'd you eat um not crap but i ate out for breakfast lunch and dinner like hotel breakfast okay and i only have eggs on toast with beans to be honest um i don't eat i didn't eat like bacon conservative breakfast i I appreciate it yeah Yeah, i want four eggs i want three slices Mm, too many eggs no not for me baked beans Mm, okay loads of protein i'm I'm gonna be doing 30 thirty thousand steps i need to get my protein on all 50 grams that you're... That's what I'm saying. 50 need. gram in a morning? Yeah, hey, yeah. We're rocking. What hey. did you say you have? A bit of yogurt with like some Yo-yog-yog. flounce inside it. Yog-yog for oh. Will, yeah. I'm at least trying to build muscle, unlike you over there. Yeah, fair. I'll give you that. Um I will give you that. Then eating out for lunch. And then well, So when
1: you're away, like is... I'm one of those that like saves money all well where I can nicely but then when I'm going away somewhere I have a complete switch in my head and my reservation for like spending Mm -hmm. money just goes out the window and I'm just like I want the best of everything <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and i just go for like the nicest versions of food and the maximum quantity of it yeah spend all my money there and then come back worry to life. about it later not even worry it's weird because then the flip, <laughs> the switch flips, and i come back to normal life and i don't want that stuff anymore i just want to go back to like my normal routine yeah are you like that or are you still
0: mm, half and half mm. I, I would say i do get whatever i want
1: but i'm not i'm talking th- lobsters and say i had a lobster and steak in one meal last time i was in manchester I ordered them both at the same time. Like
0: that's where I'm at. Firstly, I respect that. Firstly, I respect that. I do get whatever I want, and and Beth gets whatever she wants. But we're not that fancy. We don't like like when we can have anything in the world. Usually, she wants pizza, and usually, I agree. (laughs) How much can you spend on a pizza?
1: True, you can't yeah. spend
0: more than fifteen. See, quid on I a think pizza.
1: with age and maturity, I will also stumble upon such an enlightenment. But the, for the time being, I just get obnoxious in these occasions, and I'm like, I want the best, and then I have it, I and understand. I'm like, it was it the best? And then I think pizza. So I'll come back full circle. I'm one also time. from Rotherham. We don't eat lobster. Educate myself. I don't eat lobster. That's why I want it. That's I've what I'm saying. <laughs> I also don't like any Who seafood. Who eats lobster?
0: I don't like any seafood. Who does eat lobster? Some of my clients eat lobster, like regular. Somebody, somebody told, yeah, but I've got, I've got some fancy clients. <laughs> <laughs> um, one lady told me that when I was going to Manchester, I should visit a restaurant called. I'm gonna get it wrong, but something like San Paolo or something. I right. can't remember some Italian restaurant. They said she, she said literally, they do the best ever lobster ravioli. Oh wow! I know. I thought, <laughs> whoa, that's because specific I, as well. When I'm sat at a table, I can't be, this is just me, no offence to anybody, but I can't be picking through carcass. <laughs> I'm not a vegetarian, but you can't give me a lobster and ask me to break into it while I'm, at, while I'm dining. Oh, see, that's what I do. I don't eat meat on the bone. I like I'm that. Never, I've never, I never eat ribs. I'm not eating chicken wings. I'm not eating chicken legs. I'm not like, with, this is not happening. None of this. <laughs> none of this is happening at all.
1: Um, Bro, the sincerity in your voice right now.
0: <laughs> I just don't do that kind of thing. I don't
1: do that kind of thing, it, guys. It's not happening. I will leave the restaurant.
0: I'm just fussy. Nobody should take any of my food sort of opinions on. I mean, no, the thing is, it's
1: fine, is that you also hate people, and you don't hang out with them, so it's fine. I hate
0: people? That's fine, if you were
1: that person and wanted to hang out with people, you'd be annoying, because you keep to yourself. We appreciate it, it's fine,
0: thanks. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or a jab, I'm not sure what's happening. Um, (laughs) Just lift up, and you've just tapped my foot there, just lift up your shoes and socks for the camera. Oh, wow. Yes, look at those. How many cameras can we get Those are some beautiful white (laughs) shoes, but also... I don't know what's happening with those socks. You've got socks over the joggers. Yeah. Yeah, we're really keeping things locked in. It's like you're a chav that's stolen a bicycle. Yep. That's what, that's what people do when they ride bikes, when yep. they don't want their joggers to get caught. But in now the... they're going to know about the bike, so...
1: Is this new style? Do I... Has there ever been a consistency to me in anything I've ever done, bro?
0: <laughs> and question. What I've
1: worn, no.
0: Mm, I don't know. No. That's why I'm asking. I'm not sure. No. I'm not a fashionable person. That's there are really way.
1: solid cognitive decisions going on for, for what's going on. It just gets thrown on. <laughs> I'm wearing a vest that's tucked in, bro, for Christ's <laughs> sake. <laughs> like a, a white vest tucked in. Like an uh, Italian, how eh, you, <laughs> you doing, capisce? How you doing? I don't know, bro. We don't ask questions. We don't ask questions. We, it just happens. We buy new white shoes every time. The last pair that I've had for three months are slightly dirty. Is that what you do? No, that's what I've started doing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time this has happened, but I can see it becoming a trend.
0: Mm. Oops. Mm. I've never owned white shoes, I can't say that I've ever
1: My brother shoes. got me a pair of Air Force for my birthday, and it was the first pair of White trainers, and probably the only like the fourth pair of trainers I've ever really had. And then for some reason I've just ended up liking them, and I've gotten some more now. Hmm.
0: I like it, but I do understand they must be difficult to keep clean. Do you watch where you put your feet when you're walking?
1: Not one bit, oh, and wow. that's the <laughs> issue. is it only pisses my brother off. I'm sticking of the dump. I kind of like it. I like kind of aim for the puddles. <laughs> I'm like, we'll just rough with it the up a bit. White shoes right. on. I'll just, we'll, just, we'll just rough it up around the edges a bit. See if we can make it look a bit scruffy.
0: Not sure I'd be able to deal with it.
1: I don't yeah, it's a bit stressful as well, but what are you going to do? <laughs> you stress yourself out with your own walking hammocks. Uh, yes. I'm not sure what's happening in this situation. Oh, bro, me neither. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> let's, um, let's hit the news of the week. News of the week. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. I've got, ladies and gentlemen. I think a lot of yours sounded interesting, so let's hit yours and that's that boost your bum one of mine. Okay, as lovely. Like the, the one of
0: mine also excellent news for ladies and gentlemen listening at home and good for us is tomorrow we're doing news of the week again with Dave Pearson when we, news is we've got our first guest wow and we, what a guest yeah and an excellent guy we've smashing got, bloke we've got our first guest coming on tomorrow so I'm gonna have to figure out how to set up the cameras differently you've got some prep to do sir. Well, not think about it for now. It's stressing
1: Yeah, don't. Don't think about, about, it. about it now. It's uh, going to be very easy, bro. We just twist that guy, put him over there, and then sort these wires out. What was your uncle? All right.
0: We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Sweet. Um, but if we don't get through all these news articles, we can pick some up tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. As well, we'll. we can pick some up tomorrow. Two of mine are long. The, the ones about genes and genetics and obesity. But I did want to talk about this. Um, to be honest, I think we'll just start at the top, though, do you? and we'll try and just blast through know. them, and we'll see where we get to um first article this was an article in red this uh, that's the news publication (coughs) entitled diet and exercise mistakes women over 40 often make and i do put the links to i try to do all of them but it ends up being most of them to these articles in the description so if you do want to read them or view them to have a look at what we're talking about for whatever reason you can can i read this um Article to you then, Will, and then we'll just see what we think. Yeah, I'd like your opinion on these things. Article starts. It's no secret that our bodies need different things as we age. Semi true, but also debatable. (laughs) (laughs) Off to a mediocre start at best. Sentence one. (laughs) Sentence two. In fact, our metabolism starts to slow down after 30, and we can lose up to 5% of our muscle density by 31.
1: That's a quick decline, 5%? Could be
0: true, I guess. Yeah, Could be but true. that's a specific quick turnaround, isn't it? Could be true. But there are lots of small tweaks that we can make to help us feel our best, whatever our age. True. Definitely agreed. We spoke to Claire Davis, a celebrity trainer, who revealed the top five diet and exercise mistakes that women over 40 often make, in brackets, often to try and maintain a healthy weight. So I think these might be weight management related. Here, Claire shares the five most common mistakes lots of us make when it comes to diet and exercise in our 40s. Number one. Cut food calories dangerously low, but then drink them instead. Mm -hmm. I also agree that's a bad idea. Um, I'm probably kind of true maybe maybe not purposefully but yeah people are not trying to do the wrong no. right thing no people are trying to lose weight quickly no i my program's called the sixth step <coughs> to slim the sixth step to slim is try to avoid liquid calories mm-hmm. it's also got hydration and a couple of other things built into it but it's about liquids but the crux of it the main part of it for weight loss is try not to drink your calories just dead in it only due to it's just because it's not as satisfying because it's not as filling
1: yeah, I mean, well, to put it into context, if I was trying <coughs> to gain weight and the times that yes. I have, I literally that drink That is what people
0: who are trying to gain weight do, you I guy. drink to
1: put on weight because it is dead calories. I can whisk up peanut butter into milk and have Nutella in there with a protein scoop and get that down me and not feel
0: full. So, yeah, don't do it if you couldn't. All right, I'm going to read you what the article says. <laughs> I agree with some of this and I don't know. We'll see about it if it's all of it. This is a common theme for many midlife women. Their body is no longer playing ball. What they used to do to keep themselves looking and feeling good no longer works. Debatable. So they drastically cut calories via diet fads, that's what we're saying. Shakes, pills, and protocols. I call them S-diets, do you know? Why? Oh. Soup, shake, oh. and supplement diets. Shit no. diets. No. Nice. It's all the S's. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so they drastically cut calories via diet, fads, shakes, pills and protocols in the hope that it will get results and fast. The huge issue with this is that our metabolic rate is already slowing down as we age. It can do but it doesn't have to. True. Your metabolism doesn't have to slow down as you age. It does give the reasons here why. It says we're losing muscle mass and we tend to be more sedentary. That's. The... You could also not. Yeah. You could also not lose muscle mass you or be sedentary. You could also keep moving. Yeah, you could also keep moving. Um... Back to the article. When we reduce the calories in our body, uh, oh, sorry, let me start again. When we reduce our calories, our body will preserve the energy it's expending. True, but that's only a very well, minor we what, factor. Sorry? When we reduce our calorie intake, oh, it should yeah, say okay. our body will preserve the energy it's expending. That's true to an extent. To a to a small extent, yeah. Is there what is it like say at the end of the there that. is like a BMR reduction. No, they make it seem like a big deal, but it's not. Everybody so makes saying, it seem like a big deal. Yeah.
1: Um, well, yeah, because some people like to hinge their product or sale around it or something. You know, like, yeah, that's, blah, blah, exactly,
0: blah, blah. that's exactly right. There's two main reasons that your metabolism slows down while dieting. Um, the first one is that you've actually lost weight in the first place and lighter people require less food. So being lighter and actually losing weight puts your calorie maintenance level, or you, which also could be known as your metabolism, that kind of means the same thing, down. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, is you actually lose weight. To lose even more weight, you have to kind of eat a bit less sometimes. Uh, the second one is people's energy levels are low when dieting and this reduces p- people's physical activity levels. So when you're tired, you can't run as far, you can't lift as much. Sometimes people reduce exercise, even without realising, sometimes people reduce their physical activity. Always just because realizing. they're tired. Just because they're tired. As well, yeah. As um, well as consciously,
1: always without realising. In, in, if you're in a deficit for a while at least.
0: Yeah, so we get people around um, both of these things by adjusting people's calorie maintenance levels as they lose weight throughout the process. And also tracking people's step counts, not because I necessarily want them to improve it, but because I don't want them to reduce it. Whatever their step count starts as, that's what the aim is, not to go below this level. If you want to boost it, good, that's excellent, you'll burn more calories. But But we're making sure their activity level is not dropping and try and keep up with your exercise sessions if you do. But to be fair, I don't count for people's exercise calorie burn into the calorie maintenance calculations anyway. As you shouldn't. So I account for all these variables, ladies and gentlemen. If you want a program that's smart and actually work, go to slumsociety.co.uk and see who we are and how we can help you. Now back to the article.
1: Humbling plug, but necessary. People need to know.
0: I know, one minute from our sponsor, Move me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this week's sponsor is myself. This week's sponsor is <laughs> Slum Society. <laughs> Thank you, me, for bringing this in. <laughs> Thank you, past me, for doing all the work. So it's saying we're losing muscle mass and we tend to be more sedentary. That's true, but you can also not be. Um, yeah, make a choice. <laughs> when we reduce our calories, our body will preserve the energy it's expending as it doesn't know when the next energy source is coming. This is a fallacy. Yeah, fuck off.
1: Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Is <laughs> my immediate response.
0: This, this sounds smart and correct, but firstly, it's speaking what's called anthropomorphically, which means, um, Giving something human characteristics when it or thinking sort of decision-making rationale like a human would have but yeah. doesn't have that. In, in, the body is not expecting. Like anything. it can do
1: a circumstance, yeah. Like no, or like it knows what the circumstance is or something. Yeah, your
0: body's not thinking. Oh, oh, there's less calories coming in, so I'm going to store more fat. <laughs> does it? Does it have some? Do, does do things change in your metabolism alter when you when you do it and take less calories? Yes, it does in certain ways, but it's not because, like as it says. When we reduce our calories, our body will preserve the energy it's expending, as it doesn't know when the next energy source is coming. Your body never, never knows, knew it that. Never before. knows that. It it's, never knew that. Yeah, no, it's never knows that. That's
1: the f- the first problem with the. The sentence. is but it doesn't really that make that sense, does it? No.
0: So the the article literally says after it's simple evolution. Yeah, it sounds cute to say it like that, but that's not really the way it works.
1: I think one of the first things I try and teach people with when it comes to fat loss is, for the sake of how much bullshit there is out there, you can just always ground yourself in the knowledge that. A calorie is a unit of energy and is therefore consistent across whatever it is. So whether you're gaining weight or losing weight, it will happen at the same rate. Whether you're eating chicken or chocolate, the calorie is the same, you know, whatever it is. And as soon as you can root people in that knowledge, they know that when say something like that happens, if you're in a calorie deficit, there is nothing that can be done to be storing fat. Like, it's impossible. It's impossible.
0: It's impossible, yeah. The yeah. fat has to come from yeah. from somewhere. And
1: if you're not, and you think you are in a calorie deficit,
0: then you're just fucking something up. Yeah, if you think you're in a calorie deficit, but your weight's not going down yeah. over a monthly average, then you're not in a big enough... Not to calorie. your
1: detriment. These things take time. No, it's yeah, it takes to time do. to learn, and it's difficult to stick to. But don't change the facts, because it's yeah. still going to be... Because it's it's just numbers. We didn't invent numbers. We just discovered them. A calorie sits as what it is, and you can't change that. <laughs> do
0: you know yeah, what I mean? um, and, and people often have a misunderstanding. Like, I've got a news article for tomorrow, maybe. I didn't choose to put it into today's... Um, it News in. articles, but it's another article in I think The Guardian. It's by Giles Yeo. Again, we've had um, we've had an article from him before about yeah. Metabolism. I he's just he, I can't remember exactly what the last article was, but he's just written a new book about metabolism and things like this. I can't exactly remember what it is, but maybe it'll come up. Um, and he was saying, oh, but you shouldn't think about calories, and people always say this because all calories are not the same. Like you're saying, a calorie is a calorie. True. Because that's like, a calorie is a measurement of energy. That's, if you say a calorie is a calorie, that's saying energy is energy. Of course it is. Yeah. But, but are, is all energy the same? No. no. Do, people, who, people think because In. they'll hear you say that a calorie is a calorie, and they think that you mean that all food then affects you the same. Which is ridiculous. Nobody thinks no. protein does the same thing as carbs. And that's why I, no I always
1: bring it back to saying we're talking in the context of fat specifically and fat loss, as opposed to say health or how it's distributed or what it's
0: good for. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, because there's more. There's more minutia. Yeah, exactly. cal- Calorie deficit equals fat loss. That's yeah. that's a truth. That's a truth. But all it's- calories. The, a calorie is a calorie, but all calories are not the same, of course. No. Do, do you find you have to backtrack that with people
1: sometimes? Because like, obviously that's the most important thing to teach people, but then there are these minutiae. And so do you end up sort of teaching them that almost like in the middle and then backtracking and being like, but then you have to, like, like basically saying, get this on lockdown and then once we know that your calories and your that is in control, then we can start focusing on the minutiae of the quality of them because this is more important. And you kind of have to backtrack a little bit sometimes.
0: Yep. So I've got two answers for that. Um, The first thing I teach people is that the calorie deficit equals the weight loss, but the foods that you eat within the calorie deficit determine how easy it is or not, and some other effects within the weight loss. Like if you if you have a calorie deficit and it's all junk food, that will equal the same calorie deficit as as the as the same no sorry that will equal the same weight loss on an equal calorie deficit as somebody who ate a healthy diet. But the person who eats the healthy diet will feel fuller. They'll have better energy levels. They'll have better Health markers due to other things because they'll be getting better vitamins and minerals. They'll be So and, much happier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll they'll feel better. Yeah. They'll they'll have more stable energy levels. they their you know, their feelings of well-being will be better. They will have absorbed nutrients. So the calorie <laughs> deficit's one thing that creates the fat loss, which creates the weight loss. But what goes into the calorie deficit, of course, that makes a difference. Just because calories are calories, that doesn't mean that we're pretending that they're all the same. No, no one no one thinks carbs and protein do the same thing, or that fat and protein does the same thing. Or carbs no one thinks this <laughs> literally but people assume when people, when we talk, well, because I talk about calories, that means he thinks all foods are the same. No, I don't.
1: <laughs> that makes no sense.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You've got to cover your ass and make sure people know what you're talking about. I think.
0: And again, my program's called Six Steps to Slim. The first step is calorie management. The second step is movement. The third step is food quality improvement. So I, I teach and you people you do in these stages, in
1: priorities, more or less.
0: Pretty much in order. Yeah, yeah. I said the first two are, are priorities. Yeah. Sort the food. Move more if you can. So the quantity step, of food.
1: And then quality of food, food third in your Third, but second, second nutritionally. After, yeah.
0: Second nutritionally, third overall. Um, if, if people can't exercise or don't want to, I don't make them, so they can skip step two. But that is still second most effective tool. That gets a tut as well, does it? Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> That's the tut. <laughs> what, no, why would it get a tut? Sorry, I don't understand. Because, I
1: mean, like, you're saying, like you were saying, you know, people, uh, they get more sedentary. You just... You could not do that if you find the time. Yeah, uh, what, but I, I mean, it comes down to a moral philosophical argument of whether there's, uh, w- uh, whether it's worth going out for a walk and there's enjoyment in that, and whether people like that kind of stuff. But I would always argue that is a better quality of life, and that people should try strive for that as well.
0: Oh no! If if you if if somebody does not exercise, they do and and they and they have the option and can exercise because what I really meant the real reason it's optional my second step to slim to be honest all the five steps to slim that aren't the first one are optional because all you really need is a calorie deficit yeah true you don't have to do anything else so the next five steps to slim are completely optional um but what it's there for is some people just want to do nutrition only they don't want to exercise and i don't make anybody do anything that they don't definitely have to do like if you don't have to do it i'm not going to force you to you can try and do it without it if you want to let's see how it goes and then we'll talk about it later so i don't force people to do things that aren't strictly necessary and the second thing is i have disabled members who can't exercise oh I, yeah obviously that's the excuse yeah, yeah yeah uh it's well it's not the excuse it's the reason yeah, to, not to no, I mean, no, correct I mean, with the language
1: i yeah, sorry, i was using that as a synonym meaning the synonym. i understand what you yeah, mean yeah, i know yeah, you're yeah. not yeah being offensive in that way i just thought obviously yeah
0: yeah, I have disabled members, literally. Some people can't. Ex- some people don't want to exercise, and that's okay. They're, usually they come around to it later. After they've lost some weight already and they're feeling better and the exercise doesn't actually feel as difficult or intimidating. Yeah, because it's where then a lot of they the, the momentum is found, I find, with things like yeah, that. Yeah, and sometimes just focusing on one thing's enough for people. Sometimes mm-hmm. trying to do the diet and the exercise at once, sometimes that is too much for people. So if we just focus on the most you important You're dead right with that, thing, actually, yeah. Which is diet, because for, for my clients, they want weight loss, so diet's the most effective thing. Yeah. Um, so we focus on that. The um, But but that doesn't stop me or teaching people that whether they can do it or not or want to or not it's still the second most effective tool. We're just talking facts. It's, eat less is the best way to get rid of calories just don't put them in in the first place. The second best way is if you have put them in or when you do put them in you can burn some of them off again. But it's way more difficult. So it is it's a it's a steep drop a, to second. It's just putting in a middleman in it, but it is second. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, my other four steps to slim um, that come after that are healthy eating, snacking, and psychology. Uh, the fourth one's called. It's about cravings, binge eating, emotional eating, social eating. Uh, a bit about meal frequency, a bit about meal volumes and stuff. It's about. <sighs> Loads of different things. Anyway, then, it, then it's protein. Then, yeah. it's, then, it's liquid, oh, nice. then it's liquid management. I'm glad you've got a, a protein in there. Yep, that's yeah, that's step five. And people can do... Everybody starts on the first step, altering the calorie intake, get the weight loss actually moving. Try and look at the then, second. Then they can decide which well, order and whether they want to do any of the other five steps to slim. Mm-hmm. If they, they listen to these lectures, me explaining what the deal is with protein intake, movement, healthy eating, what you'll have to do, what it'll be like what the goals would be like, what the changes you have to make be, will be, and then what the benefits of that would be. And then they can decide if they like it or not. And I say, if you don't like those goals and that sounds like awful to you, if you don't want to eat more veg or eat healthier, then skip to the next step. And then I talk to them about snacking and we can, how we can reduce snacks or stress management techniques and binge eating control and emotional eating control. And if they think, oh, that none of that applies to me. All right, skip to the next step. If they want to work on that area, then we insert that into their program. And it's a little bit like a, a DIY build-it-yourself program where everybody starts with calorie management of some form and then you add on your other which other steps you want in any order you want really because they're all good, aren't
1: they? That's pretty nice to have it laid out as well in the way that you can just do that because yeah, I guess I kind of try and do that bouncing around with like talking to people one-on-one with sessions. Mm. It's a lot more confusing when you're trying to like get someone to understand it when as you're explaining it to them as opposed to like you can give them a video and say go and watch this and absorb it and then yeah in your own time that's nice at your own pace yeah yeah and i
0: don't make them listen to or watch any of the extra videos because again they don't have to exercise no one doesn't no, have, have to exercise your extra education it. if you too wish yeah if they and i it's all but i tell them it's all it's all bonus but it's there for literally the good of their health and results i tell them that every single extra goal that they add on from one of the other optional s- sections either makes the fat loss easier faster or more sustainable. That's nice. Or sometimes yeah, kind of sometimes
1: all of them. Give them the incentives to lean yeah. them in the direction you want.
0: Like yeah. let's talk about exercise. It makes it it can make your fat loss journey easier and faster and more sustainable. That's why it's so effective. Mm-hmm. How can it make it easier? Because if you're burning more calories you can actually eat more food and still lose the same weight if you want to. That's interesting. I've never particularly tried using that as a
1: not even as a tactic, but as in general, just like it will make life easier for you if you do this. It's I just think. an option,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's nice. You can you can make your fat loss faster if you burn calories but don't eat them back. Yeah. So you could use it to enhance results. But if you burn the calories and you do eat them back, which you can, I do this for my weight maintenance. I make sure to do ten 000 to twenty thousand steps every single day, and that allow and with my exercise at the gym as well. That allows me to eat an extra meal every single day while still staying as lean as I want to be.
1: Do you think if you ate and move ate how you want and do you think you put on weight? Because Definitely. Your, your job isn't necessarily wired to be mobile anymore, is it? You're pretty. No, I'm less active now than sedentary. I used to be. I, I sit down if you didn't make yourself walk and do your bits and bobs.
0: Yeah, so I, I actively put in effort. I I boost my metabolism by more than 600 calories per day mm-hmm. with protein intake, fiber intake, walking and exercise for metabolic boosting tools. Mm-hmm. It puts my calorie maintenance up by more than 600 calories per day. I can eat an extra meal every single day than I would to be able to otherwise and still stay as lean as I want to be, that makes it exponentially easier to stay slim. They watch lean, baby. This is why, I, that's that exact reason is why I teach people that while movement and exercise is not the best fat loss tool, it's it's your second best, apart from just controlling the calories, weight maintenance and management mm, tool. Mm. For staying slim, exercise is amazing. Because the amount of calories you can burn is not loads to get off loads of weight but, but it then is once enough there. it is enough to attenuate a bit of overeating Hell yeah. a few snacks here Hell and there a few yeah. drinks a dessert you can burn off those calories not that bad not that hard it's not that many no. it's not like losing a stone you have to burn 49,000 calories that's ridiculous <sighs> There's, that's the actual fact of it but if I eat a dessert don't want to tell on at the start. <laughs> I teach people these facts. Yeah, I usually want
1: <laughs> to have seen a little bit of success first.
0: Yeah, well, this is why I, that comes up on lecture three, because I'm trying to teach them why it's not that effective to try and burn that many yeah, calories yeah, yeah. on a treadmill. Sometimes you have Cause cause to many an
1: example out there. Because that is that is it. That's yeah. why, you, yeah, yeah you've got to use those examples. This is how much it would take to burn this Mars bar off. Don't bloody eat it. Stop making yourself a middleman that just stores it until then you have to... Yeah, so it's hard to burn them off. You just hold it for a bit until you have to put in effort to get rid of it as opposed to just not eating it harder than that obviously in practice but still that's the reality that's the
0: reality yeah, yeah. and but 10,000 steps per day on average you'd burn about the same calories as a Mars bar so if I do 10,000 steps per day I can eat a Mars bar every single day and nothing will happen and people are saying you eat chocolate all the time and you still stay slim I'm like yep, yep. it's not my meta- It's You're not walking. my metabolism by nature though it's my no. nurture yeah. it's because I actually work hard to be able to eat more yeah
1: it was you that taught me that if you would just substitute the word metabolism for how many calories I burn in a day yeah change the the psychology of how you look at it, yeah, but there's nothing different in that principle because yep. that's all it is. It's very
0: close to that, they basically mean the same basically thing calorie same maintenance thing. level and metabolism, yeah, for, for a weight loss and weight management sort of, of perspective. View, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, that's that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, anyway, sorry, we're way off track with this, aren't we? I've got no idea um, what we even started with. This article is more boring than talking to you. I'm not gonna lie. I, I... <laughs> the next part says, as we age, we become more insulin resistant not necessarily i don't know um that's just not necessarily true it says as we age we become more insulin resistant it says that as an actual it just said that's not true what does that really mean i don't know insulin resistant means your body becomes less able to manage or less efficient or less good at managing its own insulin okay that's not necessarily true
1: see i'm really bad at like like you've got some articles with hormones i'm flat out knowledge on that crap i'm looking forward to getting into them
0: okay things that are
1: internal and they aren't um biomechanical they're not mechanical things i understand i I, i'm out (laughs) i i'm checking out of that one
0: i understand why that why you are like that though Um, yeah i'm a mechanics coach it makes Uh, well i was going to say it's because you're a practical personal trainer and you worry about the things that can actually affect people and that you can actually control and that other people can control and that you can actually have impacts and effects on to make a difference yeah you can't yeah, do
1: shit yeah. about your hormones you're dead right you're dead right that's the, nice i'll take that this honestly honestly that's that voids my illegitimacy in, no it's in, not
0: illegitimacy <laughs> it's, i consider myself a practical nutritionist um yeah, because nice. if you talk to my mentor martin mcdonald he can talk he can say things about nutrition i don't know what he's talking about he because doesn't. he knows so much about every single little enzyme breakdown yeah. pathway and do you know like the the great and powerful lee bell I was speaking to him today. He's yeah. the same way with training. He'll tell you mTOR pathways and oh, AMPK kinase. I feel smart
1: in the gym and then he comes up and start, we start talking. I'm it's
0: like... a different thing, though. It's a different thing. This is yeah. what I mean. The reason I don't know well, about he's a mTOR pathways he's, he's or anything. He's paper
1: smart for that kind of thing, yeah.
0: I don't know about these pathways or enzyme breakdowns or molecular nutrition or training style things because it's not practically applicable to anybody's life. It's background knowledge that's interesting and people have to understand it so that we understand... The, fun, the way that training and nutrition works and affects us, but for us working with people, it, it's it's cute to know, but it never comes <laughs> up, and it doesn't help anyone, does it? You did right. So yeah. I've never, I've also never delved that deeply into enzymes and hormones and stuff. And one of my main points throughout all these hormone things is that if you're thinking, if you're overly thinking about your hormones, you're thinking about the, the wrong, wrong thing. thing because you can't directly affect them. You can you can do things which affect the hormones. But those things are going to be in line with what you should be doing anyway. Yes, it's basically just if you make right yourself things. healthy, your hormones will be healthy. You know. if, if you are in a healthy position and your hormones aren't healthy, that's a medical issue. Ah, that's what you can do. You can't control. There's not like certain foods you can eat really that change yeah. your hormones. Not you like, get there, then it's a medical issue. Then you could perhaps pursue any kind of treatment, that like hormone replacement necessary. therapy. Like me, yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter what I eat or do. My testicles don't produce testosterone; they just don't they just—they just don't. This is, this is the way that it is. And there's nothing I can do about that. There's no like testosterone boosters. No, that but that's where you sell for
1: reality and
0: take the necessary steps in it. Yeah, so anyway, th- th- so this says, for me to phrase it in a more simple way, rather than insulin resistant, as we age, our body becomes less able to use its insulin. Why is that necessarily true? It's not. There's no. no, no. If, you, if you become more overweight over time, or you don't exercise, or you eat too many carbs or too much food overall then okay yeah you'll become more insulin resistant over time people on average also do become insulin resistant over time because as they age they've got more time to gain more weight they become less sedentary and more sedentary sorry um exercise less etc so people's insulin resistance does get worse as you age but you don't have to if you if you stay active and you stay slim and you eat good protein intake and you eat healthy foods you won't become more insulin resistant um Anyway, so it says meaning we are unable to process the sugar in our body as effectively. Not necessarily true.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a lot of the time these kind of things fall back on um, like average statistics, and they're like, oh, look if you look at the graph, insulin da- da- da goes down. Yeah, if you looked at people's because, ages and yes, insulin yes, resistances, it's, it's not would be a correlate. It's not a biological de- decline because of age It's, it's a correlation, not causation. Yes, there that's you go. It it's correlated with it's being not more age, sedentary, getting so fatter, worse. getting weaker, getting lazier, trying to die.
0: No, <laughs> I don't agree with that. People are not trying <laughs> to die. <I> don't
1: think. <gasps> um but people as soon as you sit down, that's
0: it. <sighs> Sorry, I'll eat that bit I won't really. They <laughs> won't know. No, I won't really do uh, <laughs> <saw> it. Sorry, <laughs> um people's activity levels do go down their muscle mass does go down Mm. testosterone levels go down and stuff like this and body fat goes up and all this makes your insulin resistance worse and stuff like this Mm. um over time on average as people age but you don't have to you can stay slim and you can stay fit and you can stay healthy and you can keep your body fat down and you'll be fine my dear (laughs) point two do we agree or not a mistake people make is eating big carb heavy meals too late at night the article says that's (laughs) number two we disagree i disagree eat whether if you whether you eat big Big carb-heavy meals late at night—that's not a direct correlate with whether you've gained weight or not. No, I eat massive carb meals just before I, I go to bed the,
1: all the time. My time for consuming pizza exclusively is right before bed. I tend to eat pizza until I pass
0: out and fall asleep, so couldn't get any tighter. Do you ever feel sleepy after you've eaten loads of food and carbs? Yes. Yep. Same for me. That's called... great. Great way to pass out and go to bed. <laughs> yep. I completely agree. That's Boy, what I'm Fucking do it. <laughs> that, that's called postprandial somnolence. Um, food coma yeah food coma yep carb coma <laughs> technical term. that kind of game yeah exactly yeah. Um, so that is why not everybody's like this some people eat a massive amount of food or a big meal before and they can't sleep no sometimes it upsets their stomach they don't like laying down acid yeah, yeah sometimes yeah some people don't sleep well if they're digesting okay people are different for me uh, if, I, if I eat a massive dinner I'm going down yeah
1: me too bro I'm going <laughs> like, down there, I'll be asleep there needs to be a tactical nap time period set aside often yeah, and
0: it's a normal thing. You've got two central ner- central sort of style nervous... I was systems. trying to remember the second one. Please educate me again. It's sympathetic and parasympathetic. Oh, no, we're thinking about the wrong things, but... Fight and flight and rest and digest. Sympathetic... Par- par- parasympathetic. Sympathetic, yeah. Jesus. Uh, which means parallel, kind of like, to the sympathetic You're with your one. You're words. Because they're, di- they're directly next to each other. And it's fight and flight and rest and digest. So if you yes, eat loads please. of fu- if you eat loads of food, then you rest and digest. Is what happens. This one for me, please. Um, this is why I ain't you... fighting, or flying. I'm yeah, resting, this is why, why you, and if you are fighting or flying, your... Digestion um... Can we call digestion? The... Digest- digest- sleep is worse. You know, if you're stressed, if you're in fight or flight mode, your digestion mm. suffers. It causes IBS, it stress, sense. and so does sleep suffers.
1: Oh, that makes sense. Other mm. things like anxiety can come around to those kind of issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all related. Yeah. Can we call this pod? Oh, what was it? Can we call this podcast? What would we say Rest and digest. Rest and digest? That's not a bad name. We're, we're
0: resting <laughs> and we're digesting information. Oh, that's <gasps> cute. It's cute, right? That's cute. Then that's cute. <laughs> we should have a rest and... Di- that's what I hope people are doing. Resting rest and, and digesting. Digest. Or maybe they're listening to this while they exercise. I don't know. Then you shouldn't be rested. Yeah, don't rest. Go. Digest.
1: Let's go. Exercise. Not biscuits. Keep not digestives. moving
0: people. Keep moving, moving people. on. Moving um, on. Yeah, let me just read this to you. This is a huge one. No, it's not. <laughs> first sentence wrong often we see clients food diaries and they're eating high GI carbs if anybody mentions GI the conversation's going I'm right. a personal trainer I can tell you what the fuck that is it's you again practical again, that's because it doesn't make any yeah, difference yeah this is why you I, know, know, I know, know, real, Will, yeah, why know I don't about know about it I don't know about it but I'm confident in knowing that I don't need to know about it if you, <laughs> you needed to know about it you would know it
1: which makes me all kinds of stupid It stands bit.
0: for glycemic index. And okay, now I know. It's the it's the speed... Still that, not really. No, it's the speed that blood sugar raises after you eat certain foods. After you eat foods, how fast does the blood sugar go up? That's its glycemic Which index. Which that also doesn't mean anything to it me, doesn't mean even anything. now I
1: know it. Even now I know it, I don't know what that is.
0: Okay, well, it's not important. I'll tell you that. I, I genuinely am not joking. <laughs> B- well, um, lower blood sugar levels are correlated with better health over life. If your blood sugar levels get too high and they stay too high, that's type 2 diabetes. Um, oh, okay. So if you've got good blood sugar management and low blood sugar levels, this is generally accepted as a good thing for health and longevity. Okay? Nice. What GI is, is how quick your blood sugar spikes after certain foods. Oh. That doesn't make any difference, really. What matters is the total amount of sugar that went in, not how fast it went in and out. That doesn't really yeah. make any difference, right. because we're talking a couple of hours difference. Across your entire life, we're talking extreme minutiae. What really matters is how much is your blood sugar going up overall. Not how quick or, quick did it go in and out. How much did it go up overall throughout the entire time. That determines your insulin levels, which is then correlated with... That's too high insulin resistance, that's type 2 diabetes. <laughs> leading to other issues. So anyway, anyway, um, this is bad news for a few re- few reasons, the flipping article says. Carbs are our primary energy source. They can be. But they need to be front-loaded in the day. So for breakfast and lunch. Carb front-loading. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. If you eat them late at night, the energy doesn't get used up. What does that mean? (laughs) And and this is then more likely to get stored as fat. That's not true. People do think this, though, don't they? They think if you eat carbs at night... Too many
1: people think this,
0: Yeah, they think if you eat carbs at night, then because you're just sitting around and then going to sleep, that the carbs just get stored as body fat. They don't. They get absorbed. Well, they might do. They they get absorbed as carbs get absorbed and then some of them get changed into triglycerides, which loses you some calories anyway. Then those triglycerides get stored as fat. Yes. But why does that make but any difference? Not
1: superseding anything we already knew, not superseding calories as a whole. No, because whole. If, you,
0: if you're absorbing all those sugars and calories but, and, and stuff, all those carbs at night, but you didn't eat too many calories over the entire day, then you, there's yeah. none even left after you've done all your processes to even turn into fat. So no. it makes no sense. Yeah. So it's about the total amount of all the food that went in, not about what time of day you ate the carbs. That's ridiculous. If you eat carbs at night, you just absorb them and use them tomorrow. Yeah. That's how it works.
1: Maybe less efficiently, like if we're talking top-tier athletics it might not be your best bet for but not even because of what it would do just because it would remove where you could put the calories say before a session or something like that but again that's nothing to the detriment of eating at night that's just out of benefits to putting it somewhere else you know so
0: doesn't really yeah it doesn't really make any difference no. if you exercise that does bring caveats because you should have probably probably some carbs before that's what i'm saying like, yeah unless you're like a fat if you're an
1: athlete me. you might just be like oh i probably want my food before my session so i'll pull it forward in the day but that's because of the benefit of having it early, not because of the negativity of having it late.
0: <laughs> yeah, correct. And you might want some carbs and protein after your training, yeah. for example. as if you Yeah, exactly. If, yeah, for, for a hardcore exercise, it does have different benefits. But exactly. for normal people, this makes no difference. Even if you're just a normal gym goer or you do classes or yoga or whatever, none of this makes any difference. Um... Anyway, I'll I'll just read off the next couple of these. Some of these are not bad, though. Those were stupid. All that was wrong. Um, Number three is doing cardio but no weights is a mistake. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it? That's fair. Um, Eating too little protein is a mistake. That's true. Yeah. High-protein diets are good for weight loss and health (coughs) and weight management. and Enjoyability. Nearly everything, unless you've got some very specific clinical issues. Which I do know of a few people like that. I know of a, a powerlifter, bless
1: her, who can't digest protein or something like that. Kidney issues or something. Yeah, and yeah it's that can happen sometimes. Real shit deal, but whatever. It's,
0: it's uncommon,
1: though. still makes Unless it you've got medical issues. Yeah.
0: High-protein diets are generally a good idea. Um... And then this last one says, number five, misaligning your beliefs and self identity with your goal. And to be honest, I'm just going to skip this because I read it like three times and I just didn't really understand. No, that just hit me about. at all. I've no idea what it, that says. You won't be able to lose weight, basically, if you are misaligning your beliefs and self identity with your goal. And it goes on to explain why, and people can just read the article if they want. But to be honest, it's just a lot of words that don't no. really make any sense or mean anything to no, me. No, I'm not there. Um, people can read the article if they want. <laughs> what we'll do for news article two which is an article in Harper's Bazaar entitled, It Actually Doesn't Take Very Long to See Muscle Gains from Strength Training. Oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, to cut down the Mm. length of the podcast a little bit, I'll ask you these questions (coughs) and we'll just say what we think. And if I or we feel the necessary, I can read out what their opinion is. But regardless of what they say, we'll just give the right opinion. Hit me. So in your your opinion or expertise... Ah, you've humbled me. How long does it take to see improvements in aerobic capacity? So cardio fitness. Quickly. How quick do you think? Just. Um,
1: think. I think almost sessionally. Uh, I would agree. Yes. I think
0: after one session, you'll, you will be a tiny bit fitter. Yes. You will be. Yes.
1: If you, and there are variables at play that could change the perception of that, but re- probably recordably, yes.
0: Yep, if you do, I know this because I used to only run like once a week. And if you run 5k every week, you can take a couple of seconds off your time every week. Mm, For sure. Even if you just do it once a week. When I was cycling
1: in this last lockdown, the first ride I did was six miles. And it killed me and I got off maybe four times. Yeah. And the eighth ride I did, number eight, was 40 miles and I got off once. Yep. Yeah, like, and that was just eight rides. Exponential increase. It's madness.
0: Yeah. I always explain to these people, explain... Wait, use your words, Connor. Sound them out. <laughs> I always explain this to people. Ah. There we go, sorry. Pronunciate um, about running. And people, I have a lot of clients who, again, they've started a weight loss journey, they've lost a bit of weight, they've got a couple of stone off. Now they don't feel so heavy. They, they, then they want to take up a little bit of a jog and start working on that fitness. And uh, I'm saying, good. And I explain to them that. Everybody who doesn't run or do a type of cardio sucks right in the beginning. Yeah. If you're not trained for it, like even if you're a great swimmer, you suck at running if you never do it. If you can run, that doesn't mean you can cycle. If you can yeah. cycle, that doesn't mean you can box. You just, no, it just they're not. then it's not No, it's to do with muscular efficiency. Yeah, not and movement patterns. It's not that transferable like you'd think it is. Because so
1: even the aerobic capacity will transfer, but you'll get f- that comfortability will get far superseded by the uncomfortability of the. Of the technicalities of something new,
0: it's muscular efficiency exactly. for the movement. That's yeah. what it is. That's what people lack. Yeah. Te- even with when you just start out jogging, your technique's not that great because your body's not used to it, and you just and don't know. You know as your well. muscles are just not. You don't used know what to, to try to do to make it good. Yeah. Yeah. So I explain to people that if you've not been running, when you go running, you're gonna suck. But it's not because you're unfit. It's just because you haven't been running. You're just not used to it, and you will probably only get two or three streets down, and you'll be absolutely blowing. Mm. But I also explain to people that probably every time you go running, even if you only do it once a week, for the first couple of sessions, you'll probably make a 50% increase per time. You will only get two or three streets down on your first run, but the run after, you'll get five streets down. Mm-hmm. And still, that's not very far, but that's like 50% further. Mm-hmm. The time after, you'll get 7.5 streets down. And that's it's not that far. You've probably only done a mile or a mile and a bit, but it's 50% further again. Wait, then you'll probably get 25% percent like yeah. and 25% and just... And you can get up to a 5k run in 5 sessions or 10 sessions, depending. Couch to 5k. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So I agree with you. I think aerobic capacity increase pretty yeah. much straight away. How long does it take, next question, to achieve, and it says in brackets, unsustainable okay. weight oh. loss. How long does it take to achieve unsus- unsustainable weight loss? This is Very quickly. what the says. Very quickly, I agree. what? <laughs> Very quickly. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. You can get in a sauna. <laughs> when you get out, you'll be pounds lighter, maybe. Yes. Maybe not ten minutes in a sauna. You'd be, you'd be a, for pounds, but you'd be slightly lighter. Yeah, that's a weird question. Why is that even a thing? What's that trying to answer? I who's, could, well, who's interested in the answer to that question? <laughs> I've got some notes from the article written down. Some of them are not correct, so I'll read you out what it says.
1: Well, what about how long does it take to create sustainable fat loss? Is that not a better question to answer?
0: That is a better question. It's much harder <laughs> to answer, though. Looking weird. How long does it take to create sustainable weight loss? I can give you an answer, but it's a very, it's, very, it's a big average.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say people who are trying at the weight loss and they're giving it a good shot, if you've got a decent amount of weight to lose and you blast it as hard as you can, The maximum results I ever really see on any program, not even just mine, is about a stone per month. Yes, that's about the most you can do.
1: And that's probably, as a coach,
0: the most you'd want to see as a ceiling. Probably. Yeah. Probably, if you've got a little bit less weight to lose, or you're not blasting it 100%, you might do half a stone per month. And that'd be awesome. That's That's flipping great. That's That's fucking cool. Seven. It's more than. It's nearly still two pound per week. I mean, you're just rocking it. If you do that, it's still fast. Yeah. yeah. A quarter of a stone is not not bad. That's a steady, like more like one pound a week weight loss. It'd be more like a quarter of a stone.
1: Which is still I'd, good weight, less loss. than a pound a week fat loss. I'm starting to be like, unless you're like comfortable and you've got the time, or you don't have much to lose in the first place, we can maybe bump this up a bit. But yeah,
0: some people, yeah, usually people like it to be faster than that. Some yeah. people don't. I have clients who take it slow on purpose sometimes. But yeah, yeah. Um, and then I recommend. So let's say it takes you half a stone to a stone per month for the person to achieve their weight loss target. Then I recommend that the weight maintenance phase should be roughly the same amount of months as the stones that somebody lost. Before they what? Try to just keep maintaining? So I have some people come to me and they want to lose 10 stone. Mm. After they lose 10 stone, I recommend to them a 10 month specific follow-up period to let habits settle in. Because the more weight somebody loses... Where they're just trying to eat at maintenance. Just eating at maintenance, but on purpose. Okay. Not, oh, I'll eat whatever. Oh, no, I'm not checking my weight. It's yeah, going to be yeah, fine. Yeah. We might even still be calorie counting specifically to a maintenance yeah. for them to learn how to actually eat at that maintenance. I recommend the same amount of months as stones that they lost. Because if somebody if somebody's only lost one to two stone, probably not crazy changes they had to make. You probably just swapped a few foods. You I like a that. Of That's exercise. a nice little scheme. It came down. Mm. If people lose one stone, sometimes I still give them two months or I might recommend three. But then, as it gets to four, five, six stone, if they've lost, I'm recommending five, six months. Yeah. Somewhere, eat longer if you can, but specific. Because I'm
1: sure it's follow up. Have you been with clients as they've dropped and got to a nice position and then also crept back up and put weight back on again? Has that ever happened with you? Um, That does happen to some people in the group, yes. I i say that like. Like minimally, like they put maybe like 5 yes, ten but, but, well, kilos well, I was just on, going to clarify, yeah, because 20, pe- they've lost, but
0: people, yeah, people go on holidays, yeah, yeah. people lose focus for a month or two. But what, one of the things with my program is people get free access and free follow up forever. So after you, someone's nagging
1: you constantly, you're at least conscious about it.
0: Well, people get free access and free follow-up, so they know that if the weight starts to come back on, all they've got to do is contact me, yeah. and I'm not even going to charge them any money to keep using the program yeah, or for me to help them. True. I will just help them as a thank you for them doing well on the program and trusting me and going through it and yeah. doing the damn thing. And they could just I'll just help
1: them stay on the scroll every day anyway. Yeah, they can just,
0: just stay. Yeah, I have a lot of people who they finish their weight loss. Goal they want to be a part of One it. to two years ago, three years ago for some people. I mean, a lot With, of your, and your still in the group.
1: middle-aged women they want to at that point they've had success at something that they want to share with also middle-aged women a lot often and that's nice for them There's nice a community, community yeah. there yeah it helps them it helps they me. want to come back
0: yeah it helps me as well so what? um yeah because i don't want them to gain the weight back i want them to stay slim forever and in 10 years down the line someone says sandra you've been slim for 10 years how have you done this How's and that now, she'll, she'll say well i told you to contact that bald guy from facebook and youtube you know, but you've not done... You'll be more legitimate then, though, because you'll be
1: even baller and you'll have a bigger beard.
0: I hope so, because I don't really like shaving my head. I'm probably one of the only people that wants to be bald. Time for I another plugger
1: am. sponsored by my mother, Nicola Thompson. Go get laser therapy and get your hair removed. At the beauty clinic. The
0: website is not the beauty clinic, is it? It's changed its name. It has. Well, I think she's under the laser clinic. The laser clinic, yeah. Sheffield, yeah. Good beauty clinic, though. Um, uh, you were going to read some of their stuff or really nice moving on from that? Um yeah how long does it take to achieve unsustainable weight loss we think 10 minutes you can just lose some, you can just lose some
1: water <laughs> yeah. weight I reckon fast. sprint as long as, for as as long as you can keep sprinting that's my answer yeah because you'll sweat some because then you'll, and then you'll lose <laughs> a bit of weight yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: or you can cut carbs. something stupid reading from the article extraneous factors preventing weight loss aside when it comes to weight loss a calorie deficit still remains king notes Taylor a nice. personal trainer quoted Basically, in order to lose one to two pounds per week, which Taylor notes is safe, sustainable rate at which you can effectively sh- effectively shed the pounds, maybe depends on who you are. You need to create a two thousand calorie deficit. That is completely wrong. what. That is completely wrong. This guy's trying to it's body. A, it's people. a lady. I will say it's Taylor's a female. Sorry, I've not read out the okay. other point, so you wouldn't know this. Um, this lady's trying to body people. It's not true. It's three and a half thousand calorie deficit per one pound.
1: Oh, did she say... Oh, sorry, I heard she, that was per day.
0: No, no, no. Um, I thought you said per day. No, it's... Well, let me read again. Maybe I've got it wrong. Let's clarify. It says, basically, in order to lose one... Oh, no. In order to lose one to two pounds per week, oh, my you man. need to create a two th- a weekly 2,000 calorie deficit. Oh, I didn't hear the weekly No, before. that's not true. One pound is 3,500 calorie deficit. Yeah. And did she say
1: one to two? Yeah, one, How two, can you two. say to, uh, to lose something to something, you need to do specifically one thing as opposed to this to this? I'm going to
0: give her one maybe, caveat, chance to redeem, if she's listening. Um, Brains Taylor, actually. the owner of Taylor Fitness New York Limited. And we know that she is listening. <laughs> <laughs> Along with the I'm going to give her one chance to get out of this possibly where direct fat loss... In terms of calorie deficit, doesn't always equal the amount of weight that people lose. Sometimes people lose more weight than the calorie deficit created because you don't only lose fat; you also lose water and bloating. So sometimes, if you have a, a, a three thousand five hundred per week deficit and it looks like you're going to lose one pound per week, sometimes people do lose one point five or two. Yes, because sometimes they're losing water. But we and bloating should always assume
1: that way. they're talking about fat loss.
0: It's just wrong, basically. That's wrong yeah, th- we're really th- that's
1: giving her a, an olive branch there. You know, she's
0: wrong. <laughs> And then it says, as for, the week, as for the weekly deficit, when this will result in noticeable changes for you, uh, it will depend as losing 10 pounds will look different on different people. Of course, to reiterate, the weight, um, weight loss is multifaceted, complicated journey. Taylor believes that a combination of a calorie deficit, strength training and cardiovascular training will result in the speediest route to get there. When a client is on board with these three changes and is willing to adapt, big changes can happen within three to six months yeah i don't know what that firstly didn't answer the question that that wasn't wasn't anything to do with unsustainable weight loss she's talking about sustainable weight loss which is better she thinks big changes can happen in three to six months you can start losing weight sustainably on day one literally i tell people when they join my program and they create the correct correct calorie deficit as instructed and as
1: for when it's noticeable like as per what measurement looking in the mirror might take a minute weighing yourself next week you'll make you'll tell monitoring calories daily and being just certain that you're in a calorie deficit
0: you know immediately I tell people when they create a calorie deficit starting on my program it shouldn't take more than 3 days for them to see the first loss
1: what as in weighing
0: themselves uh, it, when weighing oh, in yeah especially when at the in. start 3 days of a decent calorie deficit yeah. at the start yeah. on the first day you probably From day 1, one to see day 3 drop. yeah yeah probably sure. going to see a drop day 1 to day 3 you'll see a drop probably if it gets to a week and there's no drop I'm questioning whether the calorie deficit's actually being created
1: Do you try and persuade people to get a scale when you first start
0: to weigh themselves
1: yeah so the they can do it daily as opposed to well i guess when you were a personal trainer so it's not just weekly in the gym where there could be too many variables to keep it okay good
0: question i to go with your exact wording, you said, do I try and persuade people? Yes. Yes. Do I make them? No. no. Yes. Yeah. Again, technically, do they have to weigh themselves to lose the weight? Nope. So I don't make them. Is it helpful? Do I have a 30-minute speech built into my lectures about why you really should, <laughs> and if you don't, you're going to regret it, which uh, you did do? Yeah. Oh, yes, I do. Where, where could you find such a lecture? In the Six Steps to Slim Lectures, but you have oh. to join the free trial. Da, 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 da. Go to Um Reason being... There's only one reason someone wouldn't want to weigh themselves. Embarrassment or they're any scared kind of, what of might say. insecurity. Yeah, exactly. Or they're scared that the program's not going to work. Yes. I that- think if they make the changes, the weight might not go down. Yeah. If the weight doesn't go down... And
1: what's your approach to that? Tough love or do you pander to people's preferences a little Both. bit? Both. I don't
0: make them. Yeah. But yeah. they change. I've never known anybody. I-, I don't make them. Literally, a lady joined the program probably 2 months ago now or something and she she said she doesn't want to weigh herself she gets too obsessed with it she takes it way too seriously if she sees that her weight's gone up in the morning that will annoy her and she's overeaten loads of times in the past cuz it it sends her off on a spiral i'm like all right then maybe if that's that's the case then we don't have to weigh yourself but after a month or two every single person settles down and they actually want to check the weight because yeah, they first, know it's working they're like ah they know it's working yeah. they feel slimmer they feel better they trust in the process. So and also it kind of is,
1: it almost feels like admitting defeat at the start. If you're not, if you don't want to see where you're starting, because it's like maybe assuming that you're not going to change.
0: I need to see where they're starting because I can't work out how fast their metabolism is or the calorie meters yeah, yeah, exactly. without yeah. knowing where they're It's it?
1: Yeah, it's tricky. I need. I don't need to know. Exactly I often what try you to say way, "Can we weigh? You, can we weigh you, and I'll look." And you don't have to if it gets to that That's point. Fair. Like, I sometimes I just need to know for like. I need yeah. to know
0: to work out the calorie maintenance. Yeah, levels. Yeah. it um, would make life at least a lot ish. easier. Yeah. At least-ish. Yeah, the minimum information I need to know: are you, are you? Do you weigh more than thirteen stone or not? Yes. This is because then that if a lady who doesn't who has no activity level but weighs thirteen stone has an average calorie maintenance of two thousand. So that gives me a rough ballpark figure. If you're around 13 stone, I know that we're going to be roughly working on a 2,000 maintenance. If you're above, it's above. If you're below, mm-hmm. it's below. Mm-hmm. So that's where I that's nice. start my range out. At. Yeah. Just because it's 2,000 is a round number, nothing to do with 13 stone. No, it makes sense. Because 2,000 is the round number. That's
1: an, I, it, I 2,000 is the number that I use for all of my calorie examples and calculations
0: yeah just because it's basic and it's the number that it says on the side of the cereal box for yeah. ladies isn't it true um so the, the only reason they wouldn't want to weigh themselves really is if they were scared that it wasn't going to work but if, if exactly. the program if you weigh yourself and, it, and the weight doesn't go down i need to know about this because it's my job to fix it hiding from problems does not fix them that's point number one Point number two is when it does go down because fat loss always works and it's basic biological science. If it doesn't go down, the calorie deficit wasn't created, so we'll make a few more swaps until it is. Mm. No big deal. When it does go down, that is the motivation for the client. No one likes dieting. Not many people like exercising. The only reason we do it, for my clients anyway, is to lose weight to yeah. get the result. Most of my clients are weight loss. If, if they want to lose weight. We need to check if you're losing weight because if you're not going to want to, if you don't want to do something, if you can't even tell if it's working. You don't want to do the diet, but you don't even know if it's working. Where's your motivation going to be? If
1: this you... is it. My, my rule is that I always, I all I need is some kind of confirmation weekly that we're moving in the right direction. So if you can send me through your calories and show me that you have recorded everything and. I'm taking your word on that and you're only lying to yourself if you've got something wrong. Um, if I can see that and I can see that you're in a calorie deficit or you can, I can see your weight's in a calorie deficit or something measurable is there that I, can, I know something's happening, that's all I really need for confirmation, you know, to be happy. I don't need to make people do one thing. Like, yep,
0: I want to know that what we're doing is working. I want them to know that what we're doing is working we need some kind of yes. measure of whether we're achieving some what we're magic. actually trying to achieve exactly. like if you're trying to get stronger it's good to know if you're getting stronger if for the yeah yeah for the sake of trying to get fit your so you brain know if you're getting fit but so also for what was i going to say actually oh that's just gone from my brain back to you <laughs> for everything for motivation for their own understanding of the process yeah for everything for my understanding of the process um, so I want them to know and in weight loss there's not many good ways of checking whether it's actually working few and that's it yeah. body fat calipers eh, debatable body fat measurements on those scales not rubbish. practical first no all, rubbish every um, week you're doing that no you're not rubbish Yeah. Uh, what calipers do you mean yeah um, and you have to a of my clients are online so yeah. I can't caliper them yeah. and I also don't a lot of my clients they come to me because they don't feel confident about their body on day 1 do you think i'm going to say take your clothes off i'm now going to start pulling at your skin and body fat and yeah, yeah. measuring it with a metal tool i said to a cool, Hell couple no. i
1: know i said to a couple of clients after i've had them for like Hell 2 or 3 no. years like wouldn't it be interesting if we had at the start gotten these photos or i'd have taken a video of you doing an exercise or something and I, obviously, I know, looking back, you could never begin to... You could never start a first session with someone like that. But once you have that rapport, it would be interesting to see. And they all say, like, yeah, I wish I could look back and see that because I would never have let you do it at the time, but it would be interesting I to see. I encourage people to take photos. Yeah, oh, for sure, that's a nice They point. don't have to show me? No. It's not for no, me.
0: No. It's for you. You don't even have to look at it. Just take one and just leave it. Put it in an album. We'll look at it later. Forget about Three it. Three months, six yeah. months, a year. Send look it, it to
1: yourself on, like, Facebook that you'll never see and then delete them and then... It's just out there in the sight, guys. You don't have to worry about it. It's not on your phone, even.
0: Yeah, um, and, then- and I people can do waist measurements, but photos are subjective. It depends on lighting and clothing and how close you are to the camera and stuff. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. You know, you can do waist measurements and stuff, but that also depends on exactly where you get the tape measure, and tape yes. measures are not that sensitive to, like, small changes. If you mo- Human bodies are not straight up and down, so if you get it a centimetre off, up or down on any part of your body, it will come out bigger or smaller. So that's not the best thing. Um, so the best thing we can do you can't get proper body fat measurements without a CT scanner or a DEXA
1: yeah. I'd say the best thing you can do is weigh yourself and be conscious of your calories and then and I mean not just for the sake of fat loss but for
0: knowing do you. the thing that gets the result and check the result you mean <laughs> <laughs> sounds good <laughs> sounds good moving on and I like people to check the weight two or three End times a week not once a week yeah just it was Chris Popperwell
1: actually that first not put me onto the idea of that but sort of showed me how helpful it was he was weighing himself every day, and he was noticing that, like, if he'd have just picked Saturdays to weigh himself, say, which, like, he might have done in the past, he was genuinely, generally heavier often on Saturdays, even though he was getting lighter because it was like after his Friday night and whatnot, and just this, that, and the other. But if you looked at his average throughout the day, throughout the week, every day, yep. and then just found that average, it was weekly going yep. down and i've really gotten clients to do that since and it's much more
0: helpful. oh yeah it's amazing you 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 never you can never or should never you can but you should never compare one way in no. one way in point to the next way the point. next yeah because it could hydration levels change bloating levels change hormone levels in ladies change water retention changes I, yeah. food volume changes sleep changes it illness changes it training changes it
1: i had my client rob this morning and uh He'd noticed a little spike in his weight over this last week. And I was saying, well, look, we don't know yet. This could go one way or the other. And I'm not saying that to either pander to you or to um, say that you've done well. Just the reality. But one thing we know for certain is that you're 20-something, low 20% body, 20 body fat, say, that means there's another 80% of things that could fluctuate that we're also lumping into the yeah, same metric Yeah,
0: human 70% water. Yeah.
1: And we're lumping all that into the same measurement and trying to isolate 20% of it. There's 80% worth of variables that can shift little bits yeah. and whatnot. So, I mean, that isn't, yeah, to say that you can rely on that. And if it's, say, three, four weeks down the line and you haven't lost any weight, then, then it's like, no, then there's no then there's consistency to it. It's like, no, you're not eating well, yeah. Not eating low enough calories. Yes. Yeah, to yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: So you always need to view the average trend. And I get people to, or I like people to, I should say, weigh themselves two or three times per week only because it creates an average trend faster. I need about four or five points on a graph to start getting a decent trend of which way someone's weight go. Weight's True, going. that's nice actually. And if we do it once a week, it's mm, going to take me four or five weeks nice. to get an average. That's bullshit. I'm not waiting four or five weeks. <laughs>
1: True. That's after, way too. Or long. after two weeks, you could have after six. Two points weeks, blotted. I've got
0: six weighing points, and now this is giving me a decent average. And you're there um, stroking your beard, and that's that's when my free trial ends, and people can already see in front of their own faces that it's already working. That's nice for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's no lag. They don't have to wait weeks to find out whether it's working. We can just see. And I want them to check it a couple of times per week because they'll get a couple of weight drops in the first week. Yeah, and I want nice. them for that motivation as well to see that it's working and they're doing the right things and then they think, yeah, this is not that bad. Um, the reason I don't get people to do it every day is because that's a bit much in my opinion. It just, it changes... You can do it every day, and some of my clients do it every day. I, I tell them it's an option, you can't, I'm not going to stop you. Yeah, because you
1: get some people that that's what you just are like. I'm yeah, they interested. like it, some people yeah. like
0: it. It does create a better average, it's the most accurate you can do, really. But you can't lose any fat, really, in one day. So any change you're noticing day by day can't be body fat. And it, your weight does change every single day, and it'll go up, down, up, down, up, down. And you have to not be in the mindset that, like yeah, my some lady people, was.
1: If you're going in with just that curiosity of just... I'm an interested I'm just person. going to log it just and for the average. Like, oh, Great, interesting. I'm up today. End of the week. Oh, roundabout. I'm that's down. That's exactly some people Weird, but interesting. I always try and persuade clients to see that and be okay with it. And then I look at it and go, see that 80% that can fluctuate. That isn't that 20% we're trying to focus on. That's what I'm talking about. That's what's happened there. You've woke up and you're a kilo heavier. Who could cares? Be, could yeah. be for loads of reasons. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's such a tiny amount as well. In yes. terms of body fat, it's a lot, but you'd have to overeat, over maintenance seven thousand seven hundred calories to gain one kilo. Yeah, and
1: that's why. Did you, you do if that? If you've maintained, if you've written your calories down, and you can recordably go, "Oh, I'm weird, I've put on weight over here," but if I look at this, it says that I haven't put on fat. Yeah, it's I'm like not... so. I've put on weight somewhere else. Water. That's yes, you have. Basically, what it is it's yes, water or bloating. Cares? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, that's this is this like, is how people can get freedom in it, through education. They can learn not to be scared of weighing themselves. They can learn not to be scared of how their own body works. You don't you know, just learning about how the human body actually works. It really frees up people's minds. Mm. And then when they gain a pound, they're not worried. They, they they just know have I to gain one pound of fat, you have to overeat maintenance by three and a half take one second to be like, have I eaten that? Have I, I eaten three degrees? and a half no. thousand calories too many yesterday? Did I and if your maintenance is two thousand, did I eat five thousand five hundred calories? No, I didn't. All right then. It can't be fat, it must be water. Let's continue.
1: Very strange The psyche gets in the way, doesn't it? Like, I, there's a couple clients I know I almost have to say that to weekly and they will still almost try and argue me and be like, I don't know,
0: I think I did. I'm like, no, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, Where are we at? Last one. Let's just go over this one quickly and then we can move on to the hormone stuff if you want. Please. Um, try yep. not to spend too long. Where are we at? Time? This, uh, one hour 24. Not the worst. Um, how long does it take to see muscle gains? It says, how long does it take to see muscle gains see this
1: is what was interesting because it says strength training muscle gains right was the article the head of the article initially how long in strength yeah, training how long does
0: it, oh no it says it actually doesn't take very long to see muscle gains from strength training
1: which is interesting because i, I think the specificity of that question it, i could fault but, but i don't think that's how they're meaning it
0: i understand what you mean yeah yeah i think um, you get what i mean right yeah, um, like
1: strength. If you're train, if you're strength training specifically, longer to you'll see. You'll see less muscle gains yes, than if you muscle build training. Than if you. Not that they don't buy a long yard overlap, but true. They but there are extremes that you could tailor your training towards. Um, but
0: how long does it take to see gains in your opinion?
1: Um, strength gains. Pretty soon, weekly, week on week, yeah, week yep. on week, very nicely yep. noticeable in the mirror. Muscle gains. Uh, I don't like specific numbers, but I'll say like three weeks, three and a half.
0: Really, I was gonna say more like three to six months.
1: Right, I'm bef- well, and I was gonna say to that. Just see, I'm, I'm thinking. Again, about I, I guess I'm coming from, map, from maybe my perspective, which is having started as a small. Real skinny kid that had to get bigger. Obviously, I had leanness on my side already, and so is it maybe easier to see? So, but perhaps.
0: So, you're saying every couple of weeks you might notice you made a little gain? Like,
1: I'm just like, oh, look, my small little skinny boy bicep, but that's because I'm a small little skinny boy. That makes sense. Perhaps if you're coming from a different position, if you're coming from a place of weight loss, you've also got the unveiling effect (laughs) happening at the same time, and that in itself might. And take it longer to see. Yeah, the, the muscles results. are
0: covered a little bit. More. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it'd be harder to notice the changes. Yeah, it could
1: be interesting. Also, depends how quickly you just take to exercise. And um, some people's technical proficiency gets far in the way of their ability to train close enough to failure to get results for the first six months. Yeah. Which is whatever it is. Um, so I think it can depend. But I think yeah. You, you. I think. I think that skeletal muscle mass that could be recordably noticeably different. Three and a half weeks. Whether the eyes will see that yet because of fat on top of it or perspective issues or whatever, it could be longer. But in terms of the muscle, I think about that one.
0: Perfect answer. I like that. <laughs> Thank um, you. I'm going to pause the podcast and go for a pee. Is that okay? Ah, and then no. We, then we'll come back and we'll talk about hormones. Let
1: me <laughs> play some sweet jazz and leave it I on. I can leave it Don't on. Leave it on. <laughs> Don't
0: leave it on. <laughs> I can just leave you Don't here leave with the, the cameras on your own. I'll play Flappy Birds. All right.
1: We are back. Did you enjoy your week, Connor?
0: I did, thank you. Sorry, I drank too much coffee before we started. I was feeling a little bit tired, so I had two coffees before I did started. Did
1: you think, "Oh it. no, I've got a podcast with Will. I'm going to have to wake myself up so that I don't die of tedium."
0: No, I just Appreciate like it. Be, I like to be enthusiastic for Bouncy. the show. Bouncy. Nice. No. Yes. And I was feeling quite tired. Bounce um, has been restored. Because I went on holiday, but it, like I told you, but it wasn't restful.
1: No, it's in a busy city. That's yeah, brain noise. City as breaks well. tire mm-hmm. me out. Mm-hmm.
0: Because, uh, like I said, big step counts every day, visiting stuff, travelling, trams, trains, into this place, into that place.
1: Could be a good way to lose weight, just travel, travel, travel. I feel it's like why a people
0: are slimmer in bigger cities. Do you reckon? No, it's true. Like London, like people um, yeah, are, makes are sense, slimmer man. in London on average and um, stuff like that because people stand up more. They even stand up drinking. You stand up on the tube, you walk more. There's yeah, less angrier. That There's more is. Yes, true. People are riled up. Real angry. People walk faster because they're busier and bustly. Biting that kind of stuff, people are literally slimmer. Um, Blood boiling, that takes, that's
1: thermogenesis, no, thermodynamics at work, And when you raising go, calories.
0: When you go, it's, it's a real thing. Yeah, I know. When you go further up north, um, like even to like, let's say like Glasgow in Scotland, people are real slow. Bi- people are a little bit, I wasn't gonna say that. <laughs> people are a little bit um, heavier on average, and it's because things are further apart, It's raining more.
1: Chairs are deeper.
0: What does that mean? Sit. (laughs) There's lots of and going on in Scotland. (laughs) Everything's hilly and miles away from everything else in Scotland. Yeah, sitting on farmland, that's what they do. Um, So people weigh a bit more. Where were we? We We were moving on to the hormone section. And I think for sake of time, I did have an article, again, from Red publication, saying, signs your hormones are making you gain belly fat. Um could just smash through that But to, no to be honest they're kind of stupid um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just wrong is that it's not just, the nature of our podcast it's just well it is for us but we're trying to i don't it's not worth it. Well, the the i think we'll just skip to the popular article um because we've not done the debate either oh shit we've not done the debate or the i didn't think of a debate this week the move of, of the
1: it. week. Oh, okay, that's the thing now, is it? All we've done... Well, it can be. It can be, can be. It, can it's, be. it it's can might be. start
0: this week, let's see. Mm. But we've also not done Move of the Week. So I'm just going to skip to the most popular article, because this is pretty long, to be honest. Okay, It's pretty long. It was in the BBC News. Um, it was about a lady called Sarah, oh. who, who used to be a Slum Society member. Oh yeah, I literally. was interested about this. Yeah. Um, and it's about genetics and obesity. Okay. And stuff like this. I actually messaged Sarah about this. I said, saw you in the BBC, haha. She put, what do you think question mark? I sent her a reply. She did not reply. Oh, <laughs> to what I thought. Would that be because of something you said? Uh, I'm always nice, so it, I guess a bit it. truthful. I don't know. Maybe she just didn't feel the need to reply. Maybe she didn't like what I said. I was definitely truthful. All feelings, no facts. I was. I was. I was all facts, not some feelings. <laughs> some feelings. I like her. She's you like, have she, some feelings. She's definitely a nice lady. I like her. I've worked with her before. Um,
1: Go on, elaborate. I've got
0: nothing against her. and She's got nothing against me. Well, but until I don't know recently. if she liked my reply. Until recently. Yeah. Article entitled, Living with Obesity, the people who are hardwired to store fat. Nice. So it's about some people being hardwired to store fat. No other option. Um, Which is wrong to start with, to be honest, because everybody's hardwired to store fat. Hardwired, what does that mean? That means that has connotations of being pre-programmed, like you're created to do that. That is what humans are created to store body fat. In fact, all mammals, um, nearly all animals, even insects and stuff, store fat if they get too many calories. They, do, they just store it inside their bodies rather than outside because their adipose tissues in a different place hang on um, inside the bodies where do we store it what do you mean inside and out, well alright you confused confusing I me. meant inside the like shell of the insect because they don't you know, around the organs, we have that visceral fat, but we yeah. also have outside of the organs and muscles fat, like skeletal fat, or whatever um, it's called. There, there is fat inside the muscles. Yeah. Um, no, it's called subcutaneous sub, yeah, fat, sub, yeah. which means under the skin fat. Yeah. Subcutaneous okay. means. So, so we, have have on, have that. we have it on the outside. We have it on the outside of the muscles and body. They, they have it on the inside. What would happen to something like a tortoise if you got it fat? Or well,
1: can it not? Yeah. But what happens to the shell? I mean, it's inside. It's good question. I'm not sure. I would be
0: interested to see what would happen. Not to the point that I would experiment on it, I might add. <laughs> Good question. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. But that's off the topic. But all, all people and mammals are hardwired to store fat. In, in fact, in the past with human evolution, the people who stored fat the best and most would have survived better. Of course. Throughout human evolution, like there's royalty. been five ice ages. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people were born on ice, slip and slid around, and then died on ice. It rained all the time. No one could even tell you were upset about it or crying because it's just raining all the time. You it's lived realistic. outside, you've got a teepee. That's your best. <laughs> thing. That's the best thing you've got. It's been ice ages. People lived outside. you yeah. you know, if you, And and food's been scarce and there's been famines and crops die. And we're fine. <laughs> if, you, if you stored fat, you'd survive better due to yeah. better insulation due to body fat levels. And if there's a famine or you can't catch any animals, if you've got body fat, you'll survive off that. The people who've got no body fat will die quicker. So and we're we're wired for food scarcity as humans because throughout all of human history except for the last maybe like I don't know 75 years in the western world only food's easy to get for all the rest of human history and even in some places in the world now food's hard to get mm-hmm. so you're supposed to feel like once you've got food you, sh- you should eat it all you're supposed to store it all as body fat in case you can't get any more because mm-hmm. it's good for your survival nowadays in the western world it's bad for survival so technically all Weird people enough. are hardwired to store fat mm-hmm. it's just in our situation specifically in the modern world here it's unhelpful well, we don't need it anymore it's like a. It's, well we kind of do need it in case you miss a meal but having a lot of body fat is kind of a redundant mechanism where it would have had more advantages in the past it be a
1: while before that's
0: evolved out of us though I reckon yeah maybe never I'm not sure I would imagine I'm probably never show. back to the article specialist health professionals say it is time for obesity to be regarded as an illness caused by genetics biology and how we live today that's true um Is it an illness? I'm not sure what what the direct definition of an illness is. This lady, Sarah, actually messaged me once um, for a quote where she was writing some kind of letter to the government because she's been interviewed, like she's on the BBC now. She's written publications and been involved in stuff to do with obesity before in the past. And she wrote some kind of letter to the government about how obesity should be classed as a disease and um, sent me a message asking for a quote on whether I, as a professional nutritionist, thought obesity... Was a disease is that what
1: that conversation was?
0: Uh, no, I'm reading from the BBC okay. now. No, 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 no that you replied to. And... No, this was ages ago, okay. sorry. This so was wait, when she was on. my client, which was years ago. Mm. Um, a good amount of time ago. Um, and I concluded that obesity was a disease based on the definition. If you read the actual definition of what a disease is in the Oxford, de- okay. in the Oxford Dictionary, you can't deny that every single word that it says directly links to obesity. Mm, okay. um, whether it's an illness, I'm not sure what the direct definition of an illness is. Um, do some people get ill through obesity they do um, new research adds to growing scientific opinion that healthy obesity does not exist and I like that to be honest that's brave of them to put that because a lot of people are like yeah, interest. health at any size is like a new trend Lo- love your body no matter what size you are and yes you should always love your body Okay, you shouldn't hate your body that's not helping to hate your body but health at every size is not a real thing. It's that suspension
1: of belief that two things can be true at once, that you true. can mentally be healthy, healthy and be happy with your body, but doesn't change the physiological facts of the state of
0: diet ness that you're in. Do you know what I mean? This has just got one fact here. It says, the findings show that people who are significantly overweight have a 66% higher risk of developing chronic kidney disease. Some people can be overweight and they don't get problems. Um... But studies do show, even if you don't have any problems on like tests and stuff like this, and your blood levels are fine and all this kind of stuff, but you're overweight, your risk of heart disease and stuff is still higher. Your risk of kidney stuff, according to this statistic, is still higher. Um, Just based on the past statistics of people that have died and had all these issues, yeah. Yep. Um, but health at any size is kind of like a movement that's going around at the minute. and. People should be happy and people shouldn't...
1: That's what I... Yeah, exactly what I said. You can be... Hopefully they're happy. You can have that mental happiness. Happiness and, at any size. I hope yeah, if people yeah, want sure. to be overweight, you can to be, be made, mentally healthy, but it doesn't change the facts of what health physically is.
0: Yeah, but having too much body fat... Body fat doesn't just sit there and do nothing. It's, it's metabolically active tissue. It produces hormones. It changes your hunger levels. It changes your estrogen levels. This has actual, real, undeniable physical effects on the body. All negative. Um, yeah, usually, yeah, if the body fat gets too high. Beyond a, ph- yeah, beyond yeah, beyond beyond the beyond a certain level. Extent. And the, the level of body fat that different people can handle is different. Some people get unhealthy real fast mm. when they when they become overweight. Some people can get really overweight and they don't really get that many problems, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, I thought that was nice because that's a that's a brave thing yes, to say. Yes, I like that, actually. At this minute in time. Mm-hmm. Many people with obesity say not only do they have to live with prejudice and stigma, but they struggle to find treatment. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, overweight people do get prejudice sometimes. They do get stigma. Do they struggle to find treatment? Yeah. yeah. Um, they can come see us. If you're listening to this podcast, you know where we are. If you're not a Six Steps Slim member or a personal training client of William Bartholomew Hukin <laughs> in Sheffield, then you can be. Literally, you can contact me. We, we, we have... We have You've just quote, got to quote, make the first step
1: because we don't know where you are. <laughs>
0: yep i only help people who ask me to help them i don't yeah. go bug- i don't go around ever bugging people about what weight they are or, How, they, or no. what they don't work they first direct- of all. no first of all don't work so. unless yeah. they directly ask me this is about sarah now sarah has lived with obesity her entire adult life the 39 year old mum has a body mass index or bmi of over 40 which means she is medically classified as having severe obesity and is overweight enough for her health to be at risk people think she oh she says now People think you are unintelligent, that you are lazy, that you eat too much, and that you have done this to yourself, and that it is a choice. She says, "I just want to scream and say that none of those things are right." Kind of, that's true, but <laughs> some of those things are right. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I'm not meaning to call no, it out. Yeah, no. But let's listen to them again. People think you are unintelligent, she's says. Misinformed you're and uneducated in a specific thing, yes. Well, maybe not. I'm not even going to give you that one because they could still know about calories but still struggle to control That's true. them. That's it true. It doesn't I mean suppose. you're uninformed. Yeah. It, if somebody thinks you're unintelligent, do you, you want to borrow the No, food no, still? no, you're all right. Uh, and they stand what your feelings are. On if someone salt? thinks you're unintelligent because you're overweight, that is ridiculous. Yeah, that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. They're yeah. wrong. Yeah. If, if some people think you're lazy because you're overweight, not necessarily true. Yeah, that always annoys me as well. Not necessarily true. Mm. Not necessarily true at all. Um, the, the next one says that you eat too much. Yes. You eat, you eat by if, definition. If you've got more body fat than you either want or. Something something along these lines. You have to have overeaten calorie maintenance. You have to have eaten too much for that body fat to be created. No human on earth can create body fat from nothing. It's like, you know, it's... The energy has to come from somewhere. Things don't just pop in and out of existence in the universe. Well,
1: like I said, it's a constant unit of energy. It's, it's a law of thermodynamics that
0: energy cannot be created or lost. So you can't get the body fat from nowhere and you can't get rid of it just for no reason. Mm, yes, It has to come from somewhere. And it has to go Used for a reason. For something, yeah, yeah.
1: Translated into something. Calorie
0: deficit or exercise. Into kinetic energy. Calorie burning from BMR, which is calorie deficit basically, yeah. or exercise or both kind of thing. So you have eaten too much. and Is it your fault? Is it because you're unintelligent or lazy that you ate too much? Maybe not. Maybe none of those things. But if you... It's your responsibility. You, it could be, yeah. It's nobody day, else's yeah. responsibility, really. Um, that's, one, that's one of the things I teach people is that it's, it's their life and it's their health. If, if, it's, like, it's yeah, them.
1: cool. Sit there and complain. I don't care. But then you're just sitting there and complaining for the rest of your life. Or change it because you're the only one that can. And then you're the one changing that's it. That's true. No one can change it for you,
0: unfortunately. And that's oh, yeah, why we that's, don't go
1: out looking for clients because it doesn't work. I don't want to work with those people.
0: Yeah, it's got I come. just put out my information and if people want help, they They'll can cut. And then I will gladly help them. Yes. I care about some of my clients' goals more than they care about their goals. Oh, so yeah, I'm not even kidding. Yeah, you're dead right. I'm not even kidding. Um, and she says oh, and that it's a choice. It's not necessarily a choice. Um, people do think that Kind of like you've just said, but I know you're oversimplifying it because I know you do empathise, obviously, because you work with overweight people for a living. Uh, but people do think if you're overweight, why don't you just lose weight? But that's like saying to a drug addict, why don't you just stop? Yeah, it? why don't you just? Because
1: I don't like that because I've got, got my store. issues and things that you can just not control immediately.
0: But yeah, like, and not like not like foods like drugs. Yeah. I didn't mean that, but it's like anything. Like saying to somebody who's gambling, why don't you just not gamble? Or yeah. Somebody who's not nice, why don't you just be nice? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. It's not that easy. Exactly. It, there's, there's a lot that goes into why you're not nice. You can't just start being nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, it's always a, annoyed me
1: with like some issues that I might have had in the past where people don't respect them or they get angry at you because of the issues you've got because they they can't believe that it's true for you because they don't understand it. And it's annoying. It's like, look, you don't, have to, you don't have to be able to understand what it is that I am doing or feeling or whatever to be able to believe that it's affecting me in this way kind of thing. So I'm quite easy to be able to understand that, that makes sense. Pe- when people are like, I just can't lose weight, my brain just won't let me, it doesn't work. I get that. I yeah. really do get that from different examples, but I genuinely understand it. So, yeah. yeah.
0: That makes perfect sense. Um... The same way as I just don't pick through carcasses. Some things you just... It's just not what you do. It's true. (laughs) I'm only kidding. Not what you do. Um, (laughs) Sarah has spent most of her life trying to control her weight through diet and exercise and she says her obesity is something she thinks about every single day. Wow. Which it... I know. It probably does, doesn't it? Yes. It has impacts on your day-to-day life. Growing up in Jersey in the Channel Islands, Sarah was a normal-sized girl, it says. This is... I think that's an important point. I think... She, this this is an important point. She wasn't born overweight, mm-hmm. and she wasn't overweight as a child. And there's articles always...
1: about the um, the genetic Did... response with obesity.
0: She didn't used to be overweight. Interesting. Listen to the story. Interesting. Um, <laughs> sorry I've lost my place, until the end of primary school, where she began to develop before the some of, some of the other girls in her class. This is to do with puberty, not being overweight, and that's not to do with food, so that's a different thing, but by the time she went to an all-girls secondary school, the changes in puberty meant she had started to feel different from many of her friends. That's not to do with anything to do with weight, really, that's just what it's like for some people, I guess. Not that that's not a hard time, it is, but that's not really on the point. In her, early teens, she, in her early teens, she was aware her mum had regularly struggled with her own weight and had tried lots of diets. So as Sarah's weight increased, she tried the same. At age 16, she decided to go on an 800-calorie-a-day milkshake diet. Oh, no. Over the summer, before her A-levels, she dropped from a size 14 to a size 10. And thus it started. So, So, yes, yeah, so maybe she's been dealing with the weight issues from a young age, but in the story... She didn't start overweight. She gained some weight and then and she then lost it. And got back to... It worked. She's lost weight before. <laughs> her metabolism's not broken. She's lost weight before successfully. Listen to the story. At that time, it made her feel brilliant, she says. That's nice. But in hindsight, she realizes that was the start of years of yo-yo dieting. Maybe it was because that's not the best way to go about it, is it? Um, and it's not always easy for people without the correct support or structures to keep the weight off after they've lost it. Sarah was around a size 12 when she started university still slim, but she, when she graduated three years later, she had grown to a size 20. The student lifestyle, drinking and eating late, meant she couldn't <laughs> keep on top of her weight. The not her metabolism, the not her
1: genetics, made her put on weight. <laughs> As we might have suspected.
0: The article's about why people are pre-programmed and it's nothing to do with them that they're overweight. Nothing to do
1: with their biology, but everything to do with their psychology. And that's the difference, isn't it?
0: That's an interesting point. It's to do with biology and psychology.
1: Yes, yes. Not nothing, sorry, to do with biology, but everything controllable about the biology. If you are in every way the worst candidate for losing fat, you can still lose fat. True. Sarah is not that person. What do you mean? she said, uh, if she see she was some kind of hormonal deficiency or something that put her in a position that made she meant it that she didn't lose fat as well. That would have been the first thing to do with the article, and it wasn't. Oh, well, so well, she's
0: well, not that person
1: in the world, no, and that no, no, person wait. can lose fat. No,
0: wait a second. She is that person though. She well, okay, she's not. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. I'll let you off. Maybe, maybe she's not that person because the. I, well, actually, I don't know. It doesn't say anything about this in, in this article, but the people with the worst metabolisms are ladies with polycystic over. That's syndrome. what I'm talking about. That's the slowest. So and I don't know if she's got PCOS. It doesn't say anywhere. Well, it's that not she saying like, that would have been brought up. She does have genetic differences that make it more difficult for her to lose weight than other people, and it does bring them up. Is it going to be her height
1: and her. No. Hair? Okay.
0: It's actual genes inside Okay. No, MC4R gene and. FTO gene. Actual genes inside Mm. make it harder to lose weight.
1: Now we're getting somewhere. I'm going to talk to you about all this. This is interesting. Don't worry.
0: I'm going to talk to you about all this. All this comes up in my six steps to slim lectures. Not about FTO gene, not about MC or R, but about genetics. Lecture five on the six steps to slim has one slide in it and it says, your genetics are not your fate. And it says underneath that it is scientifically accepted that obesity is 50% genetic and 50% um, environment so just sort last of thing. Time, yeah. It's it's half and half. Do some people have a harder time losing weight? Yep. Do some people store fat easier? Yep. Do some people have higher hunger levels and lower satiety levels so they can eat forever and they always just want to eat loads? Yep. Do some people hate exercise even just built into them? Yep. All this kind of stuff. Um, but let's continue. So she does have a hard time losing weight. I'm not denying that. What the point is though, she's lost weight before the story continues. It gets even better. She's lost weight before and it says in the article that what made her a size 20 in the first place was the student lifestyle and drinking and eating late. Probably loads of takeaways. Mint. And like just student food and loads of drinking. You know. And then then what's happened is she's been overweight and it's hard for people to get it under control. She's always been struggling to get that weight down and it's been... Your well, your you stacked up,
1: all that food up that got her there. That's what she, you've got to do in the
0: opposite direction. That's true. And that's why it's difficult. That's why it's difficult. It's way easier to consume calories and to burn them. But unlike when she was 16, this time the diets weren't working. That means for whatever, whatever reason, a calorie deficit was not created. It was the start of a struggle to regulate her weight. Scientists have found that people's genetics, genetic background, sorry, means that their weight changes differently, even if they eat the same amount of calories. Definitely true. People, if you put everybody on the same calorie deficit... Or, no, not, not no. the same. Even the same calorie deficit, they wouldn't get the same results. But if you put everyone on the same calorie intake, they definitely wouldn't no. get the same results. Me and you wouldn't get the same results no. if we ate the same calories. That'll make sense. And we're closer than Everyone's a lot of people different. might be, yeah. Next section, entitled Obesity Genes. Um, so this is about now yeah. Sarah's actual genetics. That's her story. Always struggled with the weight. Touching. etc. cetera. Um, Obesity genes. After university, Sarah started working um, in the pharmaceutical industry. She was performing well as a salesperson selling a a diabetes drug, but she was taken aback after her boss told her. When he first met her, he remembers thinking, you better be a bloody good sales rep looking the way that you do when trying to sell a diabetes drug, which frankly, that is offensive. Um, That is quite
1: offensive. I don't know about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he should not say that. Um, Sarah now says it should be against the law to make comments about body shape and size. That is not the case. <laughs>
1: you also can't make a law telling people what to do. So. You can, but it's a bad idea. Mm. You can't take away free speech like no. this.
0: And everyone can't talk about body shape or size, then how am I supposed to help people? Yes. How are we supposed to help people? Yeah. Sh- should you be an arsehole, like that person, and no. say that you better be a fucking good salesperson if you're selling a diabetes drug when you Should we race? leave the universe karma to
1: sort that arsehole out? Yes.
0: Oh yeah, he'll get what's coming to him. Yes, us. whatever. It He's comes an around, guys. It comes around, Let That's him offensive. Live. He shouldn't say that. And it's arguing ad hominem. It's arguing against the person. Sarah's body weight does not directly correlate with her ability as a salesperson. Not one you know, bit. So fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, anyway, continue. By the time she was 30, Sarah had severe obesity and was desperate to do something about it for the sake of her physical and mental health. She embarked on a year-long project with a personal trainer, not me, and completed an Olympic-class triathlon. Jesus, well done. And lost eight and a half stone. Very nice. What I said to Sarah Very in easy. my message, I was nice in the message. Well, I' i'm never offensive i try well people interpret things different ways but i never try and be facts offensive. can
1: be offensive can't they
0: i said to her she said to me what did you think of the article i said 99 percent of it seems all good and correct the stuff about genetics is all true the struggle with your weight loss i understand i said i'm proud of you that in the past you lost 8.5 stone and that proves to you that you can do it again if you want help you know where i am message me anytime if you want to do it again that riler up she didn't say anything. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It, um, that's all I said, literally. And I was nice. A bit longer, of course. But it says, it says at the end of this article, Sarah is unhappy about her weight and still hopes it gets sorted. So I just sent her a message saying, we can sort it. You know you can sort it because you've done it again. You trained for a triathlon and lost eight and a half stone. She must have eaten better and she did a lot of exercise and she lost eight and a half stone, despite the genetics. It's going to tell us about her genetics now. She's had a genetics profile. She's got obesity genetics. She lost eight and a half stone before. You were born with these genetics. What are these genetics? Around this time, the time she lost eight and a half stone, she had some tests which looked at her genetic makeup. The results found two important things. She possesses a variant of the FTO gene, which is associated with weight gain and increased risk of obesity. True. Um, I'll continue, but I'm going to talk to you about the FTO gene after. She she also has a mutation of the MC4 receptor, like I said, MC4R, um, which causes obesity. Um... Shaw Summers, a person, a (laughs) consultant surgeon who specializes in weight loss operations has been treating people with severe obesity for many years. He says people like Sarah who have inherited a set of certain genes are much more likely to develop obesity compared to those who don't. True. But let me tell you to what impact it's actually having. If you have the FTO gene and these mutations in the MC4 receptor, does it increase your chance of being obese and difficulty of losing weight? Definitely. Science actually knows by how much. And I've got studies on this and I'm going to post the links. The FTO gene on average, did you know that, well, maybe you didn't because we're just talking about this for the first time, but for people at home as well, 50% of everybody in the Western world has the FTO gene. Ah, hilarious. Okay. 45% quoted. So it's basically 50%. Yeah. Has the FTO gene to start with. So this is not just Sarah. This is 50% of everyone. Has one of them has the FTO gene yeah. of, in this variation that causes weight gain. And on average, people with the FDO gene weigh three kilograms more than people who don't. I Man, It's only three kilograms. That's it. It's Not half a stone. Eight. It's half a stone. Yeah. yeah. Continuing. She also has a mutation in the MC4 receptor. What this does is it reduces people's satiety. Um, so their brain doesn't get the correct signals okay. from the food to say that they've eaten enough. Hunger, yeah. So they, they're hungrier. On average, it it increases hunger and it reduces how full they feel. Mm -hmm. So they can eat loads more. I've got studies. I've got information. I'm going to link below. On average, it increases people's BMI by (laughs) 0.22.
1: And with Sarah, is there any recording that it was more than that? Like, is there a legitimate argument there or is that just the same facts for her? Probably.
0: These are the facts. She's got these genes. True. They're the facts of how much of an impact they give. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not harder for it. It All is. Right, yeah. But it's it's not like world-destroying. It's, no. not, it's not un-overcomable. It's not
1: as... It's not an impassable obstacle. It's, no, it's not as... Um, it's as big an obstacle as someone might have that isn't a gene or anything that might just be... That's not as bad as PCOS, I'll tell you straight. There you go, this for example, yeah. It's,
0: it's about the same as having low thyroid. Yeah. People who have low thyroid on average weigh about five to ten pounds more than people who don't. That's... Again, it's not breaking the bank. It's 5 to £10. And again, it
1: makes sense why it's not something I'm too scrubbed up on, because if it's not that practically applicable, then whatever. And
0: and even when you've got these genes, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, still, it doesn't change change the facts. No. It might be useful to know, as long as it doesn't give you this feeling that, oh, I've got these genes, there's nothing I can do about it. The only reason I'm saying this to people who might have had the genetics tested, and even to Sarah, is I'm trying to give you understanding and motivation and self-belief that you can actually achieve things despite your genetics. She's done it before. Mm. She's lost 8.5 flipping stone Mm. and she had the same genetics. You were born with them and you weren't always overweight. You've lost weight several times. Does it make it easier for her to gain the weight back due to being able to eat more food? Yes, okay. But you know, it doesn't mean we can't do anything about it. Literally, it doesn't mean we can't do anything about it. If you're somebody that's genetics says you're going to be hungrier than someone else, you need to use more anti-hunger tactics. Then what? You can level the playing field. This is what I do with people with polycystic ovary syndrome. On average, it reduces people's metabolism by 20%. So what are you going to do? Boost it by 20% or more. Mint, That's what about. I'm going to do, baby. I'm going <laughs> to boost that metabolism by 20% or more. And that worked. Then now we're back on a level playing field. Boom. We're back on a level, even if we don't re- boost the metabolism by 20%. You
1: can still just drop the you can still else you need. Yeah. yeah.
0: Say somebody's got normal metabolism. They lose two pounds per week. Um, somebody's got twenty percent metabolic reduction.
1: They lose one point six pound per week, and then you just do that for longer, or you increase. It'll the... take twenty
0: percent longer, yeah, for the same calorie deficit, but it'll get done. Or you increase the jaw will deficit, get done. We done will done the fix same the of issue. Time. We'll fix the issue. You've got options, yeah, yeah. So FDOG real MC four receptor real struggle for weight loss in Sarah's life real stigma. Issues. There's, there's loads of issues. It goes through all this story. She's had all these problems and it's impacting her physically and her mentally. It's re- real, all real. All this is real. But she's lost 85 stone before. What did she do? She got a personal trainer and she started doing exercise and she must have eaten differently. She
1: did everything despite the genetics yeah. she yeah. did
0: before. You can do it. You can do it, literally. This is all I'm trying to tell people. That your genet- That's why my, my lecture says your genetics are not your fate. Um, science says that on average um, your genetics determines... Only like 20% of your total health outcomes. Like for obesity, it's like 50%, but you know for your total health outcomes, it's like 20%. 80% is environment and action. Your environment's yeah. not always your choice. No, that's fair. Sometimes you're in an obesogenic environment and you're surrounded by food and people yeah, always giving yeah, you yeah. sweets. And you, your family are feeders and you've been taught to eat loads and that you can't leave the d- table or have any dessert until you've eaten all your calories that you've got right now. And that you should always have dessert after every meal. This has been ingrained into you. You need to eat breakfast, and there's billboards everywhere and smells and yeah, just eat. So maybe this one to on like a
1: different like life perspective. But I'd still argue a caveat to that is that as soon as you're a functioning like cognitive adult, that that's your point. That's when you look at these things that you've been taught and kind of assess like yeah this is me it's what I've been brought up with but now I get to choose my sort of life values and how I want to address things and go through life and whatnot and that's when you start making your own decisions and whatnot and you don't have to do what you were just told to do as a kid anymore and you can educate yourself and then once you have the education you can then make the educated decision and decide what it is you want to do with that information between yeah life. I'm not
0: saying it's going to be easy but I agree with you it can be done yeah. yeah I don't agree that it's going to be easy necessarily
1: I started with cool. a new lady today and she was saying about like the pain of exercising and, and, and calorie deficit, how much she hates it. I'm like, yeah, I agree. It's real painful. Is it as painful as you're feeling right now with, at, at the start of this journey versus succeeding? That's going to be real nice. And then that's, that's what the pain is worth now. It's substituting it now versus then later. Whatever, you know.
0: Yep. You can take the pain now of a bit of exercise and food control yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit of restriction or control on yourself just the to eat comfort properly but later you won't you have to. the pain of yeah. heart disease diabetes knee issues feeling bad just in your brain as mentally well mentally and physically yeah because the food affects how you feel mentally you're exactly yeah. right as well as yeah. just not completing your goals there's that's no easy crushing. way out in life there's, wh- there's which pain do you want the pain yeah. that you choose or the pain that you're given ooh, that's all it is ooh, there's well no said. easy ways out well said no one gets out of it no easy ways out. The, the, it, life's a struggle. There's no way out of it. You either struggle on your own volition or you struggle when it's forced on you. And it's not better when it's forced on you. Losing weight's not easier when you've got ill health or mobility issues. This is well said. It's easier to do it when you don't need to. Hmm. When you just could, that's when you should. When you need to, that's a lot harder. Some Nanny McPhee shit, that. I don't know what you mean. I've never seen that film. When you, <laughs> I don't know. An when play. you need
1: me but don't want me, I'll be there. And when you want me but don't need me, I won't. <laughs> oh, I've no idea. I'm sorry. Your quote's uh, wasted on yourself, me, Educate yourself, please, in film.
0: <laughs> Your quote's wasted on me, I'm afraid, sir. Poor. Oh, um, oh. Shall I continue a bit more? Yeah. Is there more to that? Yeah, there's Yeah. There's fucking loads more. No and though. I've even skipped some. <laughs> I'll. I'll just blast through a little bit more quite quickly. Um... Let me just refine my place. Oh, here we are. Shaw Summers again. The 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 is a or or she. I don't know actually. Is a surgeon for weight loss. So like a bariatric surgeon, gastric bands and sleeves. Oh. Shaw Sommers, a consultant surgeon who specialises in weight loss operations, it just says what I've just said, I should have just read it, has specialised in um, weight loss operations. He has been treating people with severe, severe obesity for many years. He says people like Sarah who have inherited, oh I've already read this bit, have inherited a certain set of genes are much more likely to develop obesity compared to those who don't. This is true. But obesity is not just about genetics, he says. Good. It is about psychology, inequalities. And the food environment that we all live with, true. Historically, he says people with these genetics would have done well in a famine. True, that's what I said earlier. But with today's plentiful high-calorie food, um, they will put on weight without strong determination and support. True. Um, Dr. Dennis Ratcliffe, a clinical psychologist um, who supports patients through bariatric surgery, says... People's past experiences can come into play. She says many of the people she sees have experienced trauma, abuse or neglect, for example, which leads to a dysfunctional relationship with food. I completely agree. A lot of people who have um, high level obesity um, have past trauma in their life and are using it as some kind of coping mechanism. It's It's a real thing um she says i think there's something about psychological experiences people have in the relationships they start to form with foods that become almost like a perfect storm both the genetic and the psychological components of obesity can be amplified when there is easy access to fatty sugary laden foods which are available cheaply and conveniently so true um skipping forward a little bit after training for the triathlon and losing eight and a half stone amazing Sarah continued to train regularly and eat well, but she noticed gradually that she started to become heavier. Whatever she did, it made no difference. Her calorie intakes started to increase. This happens if you don't manage your calorie intake. Yeah. As you exercise, you get hungrier. As you lose weight, you get hungrier. People who've lost weight are, on average, hungrier than people who weigh that weight naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone goes from 100 kg That's to 70, yeah. they have a slightly slower metabolism and higher hunger levels than somebody who was already 70. Which makes or sense. always been yeah. 70. Um, yeah, it's a real deal. So, Sarah's accidentally started eating more calories even though she's exercising. She might not even know it. Didn't sometimes. take
1: after that maintenance period you were talking yep. about earlier. Sometimes
0: it's called portion distortion sometimes. You don't even know that you've started eating more. You just A little bit of this slips in, a little bit of that slips in, sometimes even not noticeable. Whatever she did, it made no di- difference. doctor Abd Abt-Tarani, hopefully pronounced correctly, a senior lecturer in obesity medicine at the University of Birmingham says there are a lot of people who are, quote, biologically predisposed to conserve energy. Everyone is, not just... Some people, which is stored as fat. Some people more than others, true. Um, he explains that signals from the hypothalamus, the part of the brain that controls appetite, bombard the person with feelings of hunger and a desire to eat that are almost impossible to fight. Kind of true. Um, so even if a person successfully loses several stone by dieting, their body remembers its baseline weight and strives to return to it. We spoke about that last time. Yeah. Kind of true, kind of not true. Your body doesn't want to go back to being BMI. No, it, w- it wants to not be in a deficit there and now. It, that was amazing when you said that last week. That was. Really, really good. <laughs> this is interesting. Now, this is a real burner. Studies from GP records in the UK show that annual chance of achieving normal weight in people with morbid obesity is one in seven hundred to one in one <sighs> thousand.
1: There's a one in one thousand nice chance. Here is it bodes well. Um, we're looking at you know the film Wally?
0: Yes, that's where we're headed <laughs> in the future with those. Yeah. Um, Little chairs that move Mm. around that people never get out of. (laughs) Um, As Sarah started to research obesity, she realised that after a lifetime of blaming herself, she understood that it was actually her body working against her. Kind of is, and it's kind of the environment as well, but it's the same for everybody. It's her a tiny bit more than other people, but due to the genetics, but not loads. Many professionals with an understanding of obesity believe there need to be a huge shift within the medical profession and society as a whole in how this condition is viewed. True. Um, Because
1: that's no more of a... Like that's wither for life, and we can't change that, and we know that. But and that's where a lot of the argument comes from. But it's no different than if someone was lumped in like a desk job, and they and and drove like to, and that was it, and their life didn't allow for any extra time to go for a walk or anything. That would be far more detrimental to fat loss than say those genetic issues she's got. You're exactly right.
0: So like the that is- is- Unbelievably true.
1: Everyone can have any excuse to that's like cool. This isn't. This is the. Re- this is the reason why I can't lose weight. That's just hers. It's like cool. Why have you brought it up? It, it doesn't be- mean shit. It doesn't matter. Why have you? Why well, you? Well, it means
0: three kg plus zero point two two. Yeah, it
1: doesn't mean anything.
0: Uh, if we, if PMI she never
1: points. knew about it, then what would happen? She'd lose weight. She lost she, eight she and still, half stone. She'd lose stone. She eight and, eight and, and half a half stone
0: before she knew about this genetic thing.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: I do know what you mean. It's only useful if this makes you think, you know, if you find out about your genetics, it's only useful if you think, okay, maybe I do have the odds stacked against me. What can I do to make up for that? Yeah. That's like, this is kind of like me with muscle building, for example. Exactly. My muscle building genetics are poor. What can I do? Yeah. I have to slog my guts out to build muscle. So I do. (laughs) <laughs> so i train way harder than some people some people are born more muscly than me and they train a bit and they get jacked
1: that's my brother for
0: you yeah. i have to slog my guts out so i do i make sure my protein intake's on as much as it can be make sure my calorie intake's good i make sure i'm well rested i take rest weeks away from training when appropriate
1: the pain of exercise instead of i'm the pain periodized of being small. i'm
0: prepared bro i'm trying to get everything out of it to be the best i can be and yeah. then i'll be the best i am even despite my poor muscle building genetics which are definitely real You know, some people have got it stacked against them in weight loss. Just be the best you can be. Don't let it overcome you and think, oh, there's nothing I can do. No, actually, there's loads you can do, even especially when you've done it before. Yes, well said. This is hilarious from Shaw Summer. Um, Skipping forward, he says, the number of people I've encountered, this is the bariatric surgeon, Mm. the number of people I've encountered in my 30-year career who've been able to go from morbid obesity to normal weight and sustain it by dieting alone, well, I don't think I've ever met one. Well, you haven't met me, sir. Because ah. I've got people. Come join the Six Steps of Slim pro- program. No surgery. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But this is a bariatric surgery. Bariatric, man. He nah, says, yeah. it's so hard to do. It is hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy. It is hard this to do. This is it.
1: Like, like, don't pretend I'll it say can't my, be done. My client earlier, the same. saying, it's hard. Yes, it's hard. It's we know hard. this going that's in. That's why it's that's great, the, though. The one thing we know going in. She, in fact, literally, she said, this is hard. This really hurts. And I said, yep, that's why it's worth it. <laughs>
0: That's why you get benefits. What from do you it. want?
1: It hurts. Do yeah. it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a good quote by Tom Hanks. He said the hard is what makes it great. And if you think about anything in life that's kind of it. Why is it why do, people, w- okay. do you mean sex? What do you mean? <laughs> oh I just had god. to
1: bro I'm sorry oh my god had suddenly
0: images are coming to my mind I understand where you went now with this joke yeah of
1: course um, comedic value oh my is the god. reason
0: <laughs> William William we're not a family friendly show to be fair we it knew does, this it, it says explicit content we knew this. we're labelled as a comedy and health and fitness show and there's
1: penis jokes so. now we're here we've devolved there's going to be. They're they're
0: already here. There's going to be. <laughs> there's Tom Hanks. We're labelled serious. as explicit content, comedy and health and fitness. We can sometimes background. we, you, me say silly things sometimes.
1: I don't know what you're referring to. Neither do I. Uh, it will never once be you, to be fair. It will always be me. <laughs> but it's a good quote. I like it.
0: Yeah, he, say, he says it's, yeah, the hard is what makes it the great. The hard is what makes it great. The hard is what makes it great. Think about why, why people are impressed by a six-pack. Or a Ferrari, because it's hard to get them. This is it. Or why is it impressive that, I don't know, people can do like amazing skills, because it's hard to do that. Mm-hmm. It's Sometimes it's the heart of it that makes it impressive, sometimes, which is interesting to think about. <sighs> Evidence suggests that people like Sarah, whose bodies are hardwired to put on and retain fat, may put in all the work and still not get the results <sighs> they badly want. This can be a huge mental strain. You'll have to put in work, but you will get the results. I guarantee.
1: Plus, cause that sentence could be... So true if you remove, like, it could, it is equally true if you remove Sarah and the word hardwire. It's still true to just everyone in the world. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And therefore irrelevant.
0: <laughs> yes. It is a little bit harder, most likely, for Sarah than for other people. Yes. Than for some other people. Yeah. Um, the... It's on the link, but I can't remember. Oh, I've just I've remembered. The percentage of people that have the MC4R oh, yeah. gene is twenty two percent. So it's not even like no one. It's not just Sarah. It's not like oh she's got the worst genetics. What's the obesity?
1: Sixty percent, so
0: overweights at like sixty percent, obesity right. at like 25%, twenty five okay. percent, something like that. I think. Yeah, interesting. I'm not sure exactly to be honest, but obesity is definitely around a quarter of everyone. Overweights higher, forty to sixty percent. I can't remember um in the uk something like that article continues flipping forever some of it's right some of it's talking down a little bit for sarah her hopes now lie in medical research research into drugs that suppress appetite like sexenda and semaglutide i have some clients that are on these as given by the doctors um appetite reduction things this is what i mean if she's got higher cool. hunger levels of other people you can take anti-hunger things you can high protein intake fiber more walking better hydration you can inject semaglutide if you want anti-hunger tactics they're real you can use them um you can use them there's new research into drugs that can help people with these things it says in here one in four adults live with obesity it's one of the most the department of health and social care described it as one of the most significant challenges we face today (gasps) true The, the the Further down the article, this is the last bit I'll read. It literally says, "Given that Sarah's weight problems are mainly down to genetics." Not true. It's not no. It's not mainly down to genetics. It's partly down to genetics. It might be maximum fifty percent down to genetics. Mm. It's it, it it is somewhat down to genetics, but it's also down to are you talking is
1: like specifically these genetics we've discussed
0: that's what it says it says and is that
1: what you're agreeing with or no other
0: genetics too because we don't even understand all the genetics yeah. we don't understand all the genetics yeah, yeah, there's yeah. way more than just this going on yeah. there's thousands and thousands and thousands of genes and we don't know what most of them even I, are. Yeah, yeah. Sarah might have some genes that we've unidenti- we, we haven't even identified yet which are anti-obesity genes that it might balance out <laughs> I'm True. just making it up but you never know True. just because she's got two genes you've got thousands if not tens of thousands of genes it's like I mean, yeah, okay. She's got these genes that are correlated with being overweight, and she is overweight and struggles with her, her weight. This is this is what yeah. we're this is what we're reading. But from you the also and understanding from weren't an overweight kid.
1: Have lost weight twice before successfully, and yeah. She just struggled
0: to keep it off. Yeah. To be honest, in my message, I've just remembered one of the other things I said to her was, "You've. I'm, I'm really. I think it's really amazing that you lost eight and a half stone before doing the triathlon." Next time you try and lose weight, choose a more sustainable method. Yeah, she's got a job, she runs a charity, and she's got a two-year-old child. She's not going to become a triathlete. No, this is not sustainable. Last time to lose the weight, she must have eaten better, but she also trained and did triathlons. Triathlon, yeah. If you what because gets you to the time, dance keeps helps. you to the keeps you at the dance. What got her to the weight loss position was the triathlons. She has to keep doing the triathlon. Sweet, yeah, not going to happen. If you stop what you're doing, of course, you, the results will And at that point in life, away. when she did
1: that, quite a bit younger, without a kid, different job, whatever, that might have even worked as fuel for the flames, like that snowball effect of, oh, I'm running, I need to be good at this, I'm going to eat well too, I'm going to da da da. da. Whereas now, it'll it just probably be another thing that'll just be, oh, I've got I've got to go for a run now. Yeah,
0: she's got she's got a job, she's got a charity, she's got a child, mm. she's got family and friends. I'm sure. Um, She's got heavier BMI now, so it's harder to do running and swimming and biking and all this kind of stuff um, than it would have been when she was slimmer. But what gets you to the dance keeps you at the dance. If triathlons got the weight loss, triathlons keep you the weight loss. This is why you have to choose sustainable fat loss methods. I, I literally said to her, this is, it's great that you did those triathlons and it's amazing. That proves to you that you can lose weight despite your genetics. You've done it before. Next time, just choose a more sustainable method. You just need to choose methods that are actually manageable and can be slotted into your life habitually so it improves your life rather than puts pressure on it so you don't have to train for goddamn marathons every week. Oh, I wish I could clip that and show it clients every week. <laughs> to, to stay slim, you know? Yeah. You need to choose methods that you can actually build into your life next time. And then she can lose weight again because she's done it before, but do it in a sustainable way. That's all it is. Just do it in a sustainable way. Um, Sarah hopes that... Um, Sarah does not know how her genetics will impact her two-year-old daughter, Emily. It says, true, who knows. After her own struggle with obesity, Sarah is hoping for something better for her daughter. Um, and it says that Sarah still wants to lose weight, which is well, why I look, sent her the message. I luckily, just said, look, the f- I'm here for you. We've got the tools and tactics. Yeah. We can do
1: it. You've done it before. And luckily her daughter's outcome revolves quite heavily around how she raises her, so...
0: Yeah and she's she's mindful Sarah and she's yeah. a nice person and cares and loves about her daughter so she's not going to try and put her daughter through the same struggles she's been through so hopefully across generations we can Adults. learn the lessons and she can teach her daughter healthy eating to get into exercise and healthy eating habits early rather than yo-yo dieting and not yeah. exercise habits and drinking and eating a load of takeaways at university mm-hmm. and stuff because then that just starts to spiral it down doesn't it? Yeah, not what we need. I mean, the article just goes on forever, but it's interesting with genetics. Yeah, that's... I I, I only say all this not to be harsh. I'm not trying to be awful. I'm trying to show people that you can succeed despite your genetics.
1: We know that. We're here for education.
0: Never for a bad time. Good. I'm there to build people up. I'm saying this from a place of love and caring. I want them to... I want them to be inspired by her 8.5 stone weight loss despite the poor genetics, not by, oh, Mm -hmm. she's got genetics, that's why she's overweight. Mm -hmm. That's not helping us in the situation. Let's see what she has done and what she can do. She can achieve. She's done it before. She just has to do it again. It's not all a choice, but that part's a choice, Mm. isn't it? And people can choose too. You can go to slumsociety.co.uk and contact me for a two-week free trial. (laughs) As opposed to Slimming World, every time. (laughs) Um, Did you come up with a debate club? If you didn't, it's okay. I'll just ask you one.
1: I've thought of one as we've been sat here, so we'll use that. Yeah? Yeah, hit me. Me
0: first. Let's move on to Debate Club. Well, let me just make a note of the. Debate Club. Okay.
1: What's, what's better? I should what's, say. What's better? What's better, mate? What's better? 1970s golden era style bodybuilding training or 2020 style bodybuilder training? Whatever era we're in now. Chris Bumstead era.
0: Ooh. Um,
1: Ooh.
0: What's better? Modern. Why? Because you said training. Debate. Because mm. you said training, um, and I feel like the, the golden bodybuilding era, which was what 70s. Yes. People still trained well. Yeah. Not that much is actually trained in tra- changed in training. If you watch Pumping Iron with Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, I think it's free online to watch this documentary. People's techniques and reps and sets and exercises are pretty similar. They do all the pretty similar stuff, but now we've just got a bit more knowledge about volumes and about the techniques and about coaching methods and about what to do and when and why. So I would say modern training techniques are better. Modern nutrition is definitely better. Now, modern bodybuilding I don't prefer. If you'd have said, what do I prefer? Modern modern bodybuilding versus 70-0, 70-0. Less steroids, better physiques. I think I agree overall, but tra- just training. People train better and smarter now. Not everyone. Yeah. Some people are dumb. Things progress with time. But people train everything, better and smarter every now. Every technology's better gotten better
1: since the seventies. Every bit of knowledge within everything we people know.
0: People take more steroids now. Not cool, in my opinion. I don't think those. That's just my opinion. I think the seventies era bodybuilders look better. Uh, just my opinion. They're not, but they're not as big. And that's the point of bodybuilding: is who's the not biggest. Not as big
1: and slightly softer. So when you
0: ask me with training, I pick for training. I pick modern. I agree. If you ask me for bodybuilding, I pick old school I agree for the same yeah I agree across the board perfectly with you your debate club um, is dumbbells or barbells you didn't say it properly what, oh sorry not debate club your what's better dumbbells or barbells uh, oh, oh. Squirming, you are, you, and you, you decided the rules. You got to pick one. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> One's getting banned in your life forever. Oh, that's. You're only allowed one. You're on a desert island. I'm barbelling. You're barbelling. Yes. I'm dumbbelling. Okay, interesting. I'm dumbbelling. Why are you barbelling?
1: I'm barbelling because more potential for progressive overload, more susceptibility to progressive overload, yep. less things to worry about, which could also be a negative, could be yep. seen as a negative. Um, but for my sake, as being a strength athlete, first and foremost, that presents as a positive because then more yep. of my energy can be put into strength. And also the l- main lifts that I care about are barbell orientated, personally. Um, Makes sense. As for training, uh, I think there are benefits to com- to both. Um, one of the obvious ones that I think you would make for dumbbell training is that it is inherently mechanically weaker and therefore has less stress on the joints less mechanical load Good point can be used f- with for the same hypertrophy benefits so um, but then also it's perhaps easier to isolate a muscle with a dumbbell or something or at least mentally or something could be maybe Yeah, I
0: would give you that point as well all those points sounded fair mm. you can I can see why you pick barbell what's better for you? dumbbells mm. I would say safer overall mm. when training alone and stuff like this i would say oh I'm, interesting okay i would say i'm always thinking in terms of client perspectives and me working with people by the way yeah yeah yeah. i'm yeah. always thinking from that perspective that's my life yeah so i'm thinking a bit safer overall like if someone's benching alone you can get stuck if you're squatting alone you can get stuck if your dumbbells alone you, you'll be fine um i'm thinking more. See, than, I,
1: I teach people how to bail
0: yeah that's fair too that's a fair <laughs> point too you do train strength athletes yeah, and stuff yeah, and i don't yeah um I would say more variable, like you can adjust the angles of dumbbells better to f- to fit your joints and postures. Interesting, true true, 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 true. You can do true. like your dumbbells wider or narrower, and you can change your shoulder press position if you've got aches and pains and stuff. Works each side separately, so you'll be- you'll create possibly a slightly more balanced physique. Again, debatable over time, but slightly more balanced physique, I would say. I think that's definitely arguable. Yeah, I know that I've evened out discrepancies
1: in strength, if not. Aesthetics, but that's only because I haven't really looked at the aesthetics to figure it out. But I know in strength, where my left arm used to and lock out last on bench, it's pretty similar now. And thinking about it, one of the, I know that I can think the main reasons I would choose barbell is because there's not much legs you can do lower body with dumbbells. And it is a
0: bigger limiting factor. You're exactly right. Yeah,
1: and I like a squat, so yeah. that would be that. Yeah, for me. and for
0: me, I'm not going for maximum leg power. No. Neither are any no. of my clients really. dumbbell split squats with twenties that'll murder anyone with 20 kg dumbbells in each hand. That's enough for any of my clients for any of the goals for the rest of their entire life. Um, I so i also agree dumbbells and barbells are both great they both have benefits they have slightly different benefits as we've outlined our preferences they have minorly different benefits but you should definitely do both i do both all my clients do both when they exercise if they've got the options
1: and so as is usually the theme in what's better both for different reasons both
0: but we have to pick one just for, just for the interest of the situation
1: barbell dumbbell golden golden
0: do you want to do move of the week or do you want to save that for tomorrow's episode
1: We'll save that actually because Dave will appreciate that. Dave will appreciate the mechanics that. question. Yeah, you
0: said it's about the exercise split squats. I love mm. this. We can go back and forth about split we squats, etc. We like et cetera. this. Yeah, yeah Dave's uh, more on the personal training side than the nutrition side of things, leaning.
1: Yes, but Dave does bridge it gap very nicely. Oh, he's I'm, got, not, I'm
0: not saying he's not trained in. Oh, any I know, area, but more of so, that he's
1: got more so than I do knowledge in the nutrition stuff. I'd, I'd say. Um... He's also interested in like microbiome type stuff and general more nitty gritty bits and bobs. I'll so. go
0: microbiome all day.
1: I know you will.
0: I've got a full podcast already on Spotify and iTunes about microbiome. God damn it's called right 4.5 Stone do. and the Microbiome with one of my clients, Tracy Viner. There we go. She loses 4.5 mm. Stone and we talk about how and that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. then we chat about microbiome because she's really interested in intelligent and intelligent on nutrition guest. as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. But what yes, that'll be for day for tomorrow
0: then. Yeah. Wicked. All right. It's been, it's been a long show today. What are we on? It's been a long show. Two hours uh, before three minutes, I'm guessing. Um, what have got? No longer. I, we did one hour and 25 or something before I paused it and then 52 there. So that's... Maths. Two is, hours 15? Yeah. 15. Something like yeah. wow. that. It doesn't actually tell me how long oh we've been. Oh my God. On just one number. Um, so I'm not entirely sure. It might be our longest podcast ever. Quality content. News of the week, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And you and everyone yes, else. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you to people watching. Leave on comments, leave on questions. Contact us if you want help. Give us a like or a thumbs up. Subscribe. We're coming back twice this week as we've got a guest on. Sometimes we'll be here once. Sometimes we'll be here twice if we've got guests.
1: Either way, we'll be here. We'll be here. Thank you so much. Take care. We'll speak to you and we'll
0: see you again soon.